Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Athelstowe District Council Planning Committee meeting for Wednesday, 24th of August 2016. A couple of points of housekeeping before we start the business. Uh, we're not expecting a fire drill, so if the alarm bells ring, please depart through the double doors, down the stairs, and assemble on the grass circle where our fire marshals will greet you. Um, mobile phones should be switched to silent, please. And members, uh, we are recording and broadcasting the meeting, so make sure your microphone is on before you speak. Right, uh, Adam, apologies for absence, please. Uh, there's apologies for absence from councillors Lachlan, Mills and Fairhurst. Thank you very much. Any declarations of interest, members? Councillor Freeman. Uh, Saffron Warden Town Council, and I'm a ward member for one of the applications being Thank considered today. Thank you very much. Any others? Yes, Councillor Lodge. Uh, the Quendon application... Uh, uh, the applicant is a personal friend. I shall be withdrawing. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. Uh, the minutes for the 24th of, uh, 27th of July, I beg your pardon, have been circulated. Can I sign those as a correct record? I shall do so. Thank you very much. Any business arising? Uh, page 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11... Fine, then we'll move on to the agenda. Now there is, Mr Brown, I understand there is um, some concerns you wish to express to the members on one of the items, which I think we may need to bring forward. Thank you. Yeah, the, mat the matter ref refers to uh, UTT stroke 16 stroke 1385 stroke LB Wimbish. Uh, we have received um, comments, belated, well, the belated comments we received last minute comments from the, one of the amenity societies Society for the Prevention uh, Protection of Ancient Buildings. Uh, we received those comments. We haven't had a chance to consider those comments in light of the Conservation Officer's recommendation for approval. So my strong objection, my strong recommendation is that we defer this matter until we've considered that fully. So the recommendation is now to defer the matter until the next meeting. Right. On the basis of that advice, I'm going to uh, propose that we defer the um, application as described by for the reasons described by Mr Brown. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Chambers, thank you. Uh, we'll go to the vote straight away for that deferment proposal. Please, Members, all those in favour, please show. Thank you. So that matter is deferred until next month. Thank you very much. Yes, Councillor. Can I just come back on that? I'm, I'm a bit surprised. I saw the letter last week. Yes, you saw it at the same time it was, it was in. It was published to us as, as it came in, I believe. Thank you. Right, the next item on our agenda is item 4.1, which is application UTT 161572, which is... Uh, approval of details following outline uh, consent granted at an earlier date in Faxted and Mr Brown will take us through it. Thank you. Thank you Chairman. Uh, this application relates to uh, land off uh, Weaverhead Road, Thaxted. Um, members who went to the members tour last year would re recall that we actually visited the site, this area here. So this is actually the breakthrough to 
I don't want to call it phase two because it hasn't been a, it, well it is phase two because it has got outline planning permission. Members will see that there was a previous appeal. The, the previous application was refused solely for one reason and that was for reasons of ecology um, and I'll come on to that in a moment but it was refused because there was a technical reason around um, unimproved grassland and loss of habitat um, and as quite often happens with ecology based um, refusals by the time it gets to appeal the matters have been resolved and so that's, that's why you have a, an allowed appeal uh, based upon that uh, we ended up not defending that at the appeal because the ecology issue had been sorted out so the site has in principle residential development for 47 dwellings where the only point that actually not reserved was, was the means of access which was through the existing um, estate road from Weatherhead so it's considered you know, appropriate on that basis uh, the application is for 47 dwellings, and uh, you'll see from the layout within the, well, sort of the, the layout summary, which is on page 21, uh, in terms of the, the plot numbers, uh, the application is fully compliant with the, the requirements in terms of parking spaces and in terms of amenity spaces and in terms of separation distances. Absolutely fully compliant regarding that. So, it's, so it actually complies fully with what we normally do um, in, terms of, in terms of those things which we feed back from the Essex Design Guide, which is a good rule of thumb in terms of good-sized gardens. So it fully complies with that. And in terms of the clustering of affordable housing scheme, obviously the affordable housing has been, has been provided to the... Um, at the, in consultation with the council's housing enabling officer, so we've got the right form of development. And they are clustered in, in appropriate locations. And, uh, we have, and usually the best way to find the affordable housing on a layout is, is the absence of garages quite often is, is usually the good, good way to indicate. And we've got them in this location here. Uh, we've got them in that location there. Uh, and down here too, there are there's some there. So they're clustered and spread around the site as well. And you'll see from them, other than just the absence of garaging, they are very tenure blind in terms of the design of the properties as well. Uh, before I go on to the layout, this is the area here, which is um, it's been used for swales, etc., in that site, but is also primarily um, part of the um, wildlife wildlife protection zone. They're meant to be an exclusion zone in that area, so therefore it was able to, to bring back the necessary requirements in terms of the lost uh, grassland. So that is, that is all part of being brought forward from the original outline, so that's fully compliant. The houses are quite traditional in terms of what they look like. Uh, they they complement the, the phase one development that's been approved for the crowded development adjacent. It's a different developer, so it adds a different palette, but uh, just to show you that, that that actually showed how they fit. And in terms of how, they, how the, the street scene looks like, that's looking across in that direction, it actually does show what is basically a, uh, an attractive, uh, low-density form of development in terms of how it appears. Um, you'll see that it, there is an interesting uh, contour to the site which adds interest to the site as well. And there's also another um, housing um, sort of street scenes there. So it is considered the application is appropriate. It fully applies with the, the requirements and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you, Mr Brown. I have no speakers registered for this application, so members, it's over to you for comment and question. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Um, one problem I do have with this application is the number of four and five bedroomed properties. It makes up about one third of the mix. Uh, and all the evidence, Chairman, is that uh, the need is for two and three bedroom properties. But in fact, we have a total of 
I think, uh, seven five-bed and nine four-bed properties out of a total of 47 properties. And that seems to me to be... Uh, it, obviously, it's commercially makes sense to the developer, otherwise they wouldn't do it this way. But there aren't that many people, Chairman, that have great need of four- and five-bedroom properties. There are many more that have great need of two- and three-bedroom. And I think the mix is wrong. Thank you. Any other members' comments? Councillor Chambers. Just to say, Mr Chairman, <clears throat> I've had a, look, had a look carefully at the uh, application and I realise that it's not popular with everybody, but looking at the application, I think it, it shows to me they've got, they have got the right sort of mix. They have got the affordable housing in, in different positions uh, and I would like to propose approval. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Hicks, do you wish to speak at this time? Uh, no, Chairman. Thank you. Um, just going back to Councillor Freeman's uh, comments about the mix, and Mr Brown did explain, and I was just trying to find it on the papers, uh, did mention that for us, um, that our housing people had reviewed the proposal. Where are we? Where will I find that, Mr Brown? I think in terms of the um, paragraph 10.4 on page 17, the Thank scale you. of the development is also in keeping with the adjoining development with a mix of two-storey dwellings and two bungalows, which both the use of a mix of brick and then a mix of materials as well. Picking up Councillor um, Freeman's point, um, the evidence doesn't necessarily show that there's a lack of two and three bedrooms. Uh, there, 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 there used to be a substantial lack of two and three bedrooms in the, previ the previous policy that we had. In terms, well, the current policy we've got in the, in, the, in the current local plan shows that we should be pushing for more to lower end in terms of size of dwellings. Uh, but the, the schmar um, and the evidence that we've got from that now shows that we haven't necessarily got a lack of smaller dwellings. But having said that, that mix that you've just described still shows a high level provision of two and three bedrooms anyway, or certainly three bedrooms. So I don't think, um, even on the basis of the current appeal, the current uh, planning policy that we have that we could have rejected it on the basis of mix anyway because I think it does show quite a uh, heavy, it, we, no, we've got much you know, a higher proportion of the smaller dwellings than the, than the bigger dwellings we have got fives and fours on this site uh, but that just shows us mix but it's not, a, it's not skewed towards fives and fours Thank you Mr Brown Any further comments members? Uh, Councillor Lodge uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. There's one thing that surprised me. Was just, um, Mr. Brown said they were compliant. Um, amenity space is an issue for me. I can't see any. Where's the play areas? Or am I missing it somewhere? There is no open space provided on the site. Um, uh, but there is linkage, if members will recall, from this particular site here that there is a play space area in that particular site there. And, uh, but there is no policy basis to insist upon the provision of uh, laps and leaps on what is basically a development 47. That's the problem that we have on this particular site. So, Yeah, I thought, I thought we'd probably come back to and I understand that and it's a policy issue and uh, it may be then a policy issue that we can uh, solve next week. Hopefully so, yes. Thank you. Yes. For the members of the public, we have a meeting for... Um, discussing our policies for the future local plan. Um, right, fine. We have a proposal 
for approval, which has been seconded. So we'll go to the vote on that. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six. And against? One. Fine, but that matter is approved. Thank you. And the next item on our agenda is item 4.2, which is application UTT 161247. It's another application for approval of details following outline approval granted previously. It's at Great Chesterford, and Mr Theobald is going to make the presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. This, members, is, uh, as uh, Nigel Brown has said, a DFO application, a second DFO application, following the grant of permission at outline stage for up to 14 dwellings. And this resubmission scheme is for 12 dwellings, so therefore it's a fixed number for the site. And it follows on from the withdrawn application which was previously submitted uh, where there were some issues concerning um, access design and layout where the developer, the architects have um, essentially redrawn the scheme so that the number of dwellings for this site which would be about 27 uh, dwellings per hectare would actually fit onto the site together with the uh, new entrance road which you can see coming in from Rookery Close here. Now, some members might recall there was an issue with regard to obtaining access from Stanley Close, the Bellway Homes development, which has now been built out. And because of uh, land ownership issues, uh, it hasn't been possible to secure an entrance from Stanley Close End and thus we have a scheme which is still showing the access from Rookery Close as it um, comes off Jackson's Lane. So this is the site layout and I'll just run through quickly. Uh, these are proposed street elevations. They are a mix of uh, styles and house types ranging between the two and a half storey um, at the t uh, these two here uh, plots 1 and 2 and 3 are on the more relaxed side of the site and then uh, here and then as you move into the, uh, the more sort of uh, 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 den denser side if you like uh, we've got two storey and at the back of the site we have two affordable units which are the Hasto affordable units and these are cottage style which are, are thus and we also have for this layout uh, the nominated wheelchair accessible unit uh, which is in the corner here uh, which is a bungalow. Now all of these uh, dwellings would be of traditional style and appearance using uh, um, uh, good materials and just going back to the site layout once again the actual road surface for the entrance in and the hammerhead here will be a tactile surface, a shared surface, which is common with the surface which has been laid for Stanley Close. 
So there is a, a commonality there between the two for road services. I'll just flick through the remainder of the plans and elevations. Um, there's a, a mix of um, bedroom sizes. If you go to your schedule, you'll see that there is a range between uh, two, three, four and five bedders with, as I said, uh, plots two and three being the five bedder and then we have for the affordable housing units uh, they are the, um, the three bedders. Right, I just apologise there. That's the two, 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 two bedders for the affordable housing units. Um, there's a tree survey being prepared because there is a requirement to retain some landscaping around the site to, to make the, uh, the scheme workable from a point of view of uh, any potential loss of amenity to the occupants of the bottom end of Rookery Close and also to Willow Close up here and also to a lesser extent to some of the properties within Stanley Close. Uh, this is the planting schedule. Um, there is in fact an updated schedule to this one which shows the retention of the hedge along this northwestern boundary which is in effect the only material change where uh, officers requested that this hedge be retained for, to enable there to be um, not significant overlooking into the site from the two properties at the end of Willow Close and that was something that we required to have done by the architects which they've, um, they've done. There's also a surface water drainage strategy plan prepared which Essex County Council SUDS have seen. Uh, there's been various infiltration tests done for this site to ensure that there is no problem with surface water. Um, it has been shown that the, the site is free-flowing, that there would be no issue with surface water drainage, uh, providing that the, the strategy was done in full accordance with Essex County Council SUD's own strategy requirements. And they've raised no objections to this revised scheme on that basis after further consultation, uh, where for the outline scheme, they didn't make any comment because of the size of the site. Now there's um, some photographs here, I'm not sure how many members are not aware of the, the site itself. Um, I'll just run through those very quickly. These were taken yesterday for the benefit of um, uh, others in the room. Now this is looking towards Stanley Close. This is the entrance into the site. Uh, this is Rookery Close as you come down from Jackson's Lane. Uh, and you can see the site on the right hand side just quickly go through those quickly this is in fact the Bellway Homes site adjacent so you have an idea of the style of houses there and that is looking straight into the site from what possibly could have been but isn't the site access from the Bellway Homes site um, now this is looking uh, towards the um, two dwellings at the end of the willows. You can see here there is a grouping of coniferous trees, spruce 
um, and other um, trees which the council's landscape officer has said uh, are not worthy of preserving, i.e. They, they should not be made a TPO. So in terms of the landscaping plan and the schedule, uh, this group here is the group of trees that will be removed. Other than that, uh, the, uh, the trees would remain. This hedge here, which is backing onto the willows, this would now be retained and in fact reinforced to provide the amenity protection to the willows behind, as I previously mentioned. And this just gives just other views uh, in and around the site. So um, if I can just return back to the layout. Uh, in terms of other consultation responses, uh, there haven't been any objections raised by consultees. And you will see from the conclusions of the report, Chairman, that this application is recommended for approval as the revised scheme for this site for both the market housing and the two affordable housing units uh, by Hasto, although I would emphasise this, this site is actually being um, uh, uh, built out through arrangements with the Hasto Association. So the recommendation, Chairman, is approval. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Theobald. Um, fine. We do have Councillor Redfern listed as a speaker, but she's not in the room. She's one of the ward members. I'm wondering if she's delegated another ward member to speak on her behalf. No. <laughs> well, if she's here, I haven't seen her. She's been shopping. Right. right. Councillor Redfern is going to be the first of the speakers on this application. And you have five minutes, Councillor. Thank you. Um, I'm here on behalf of the Parish Council and I was one of the District Councillors for this particular parish. Um, and as you all know, this is not the first time I've been here to comment on this particular site. And the comments made before still stand as little has changed on this revised application. I'd also like to reiterate again that I, along with our previous um, Parish Council Chairman, actively encouraged this site to be developed, but in conjunction with the now complete and occupied adjoining site. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, they came along as two independent applications. This gives us as a village no connectivity between the two and makes the cycle path so much more important as it's the only thing linking the two areas. It was important to Great Chesterford Parish Council to play its part in the local plan process and that's why we supported a combined site. Still, we are where we are and we accept that this site will now be developed. However, the layout is as is presented, we feel very strongly that it's too dense and overbearing. And this is clear when you look at the site plan and compare the brand new properties in Stanley Road. It shows how different the scale and density is and that it is 
because of the size and number in this application that they are really, really seem to be squeezed in. Our other concern is the existing housing estate it has a real problem with um, traffic and both the construction traffic and eventually the new residents will have to negotiate through, through this area. It has totally inadequate parking which we do not want to see exacerbated by, by failing to address the space on this new development. It will also be really important that a sound construction management plan is part of any approved application for Littlefield. Although the route is not technically considered to be inadequate, the reality is that already large vehicles, especially our own refuse vehicles, um, moving through this residential area regularly have to mount the pavement and cause continual damage to the surface. And this is an area where many families have small children and it is of great concern to us that the safety of these families. Anyway, it's for these reasons that Great Chesterford and myself as District Councillor strongly object to this application in its current form and ask that the at the, this committee considers, um, considers our concerns seriously. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Uh, next speaker is uh, Victoria Choate. And you have three minutes, Mrs Choate. Sorry, is that that's all right? Yes. It's on here, but not there. It's on now. It's on now. Is it? Yeah. It's on. This one. It isn't. Okay. Or else the lights not Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Victoria Choate. As a neighbour of the proposed development, I continue to object to this application. This proposal, the landowner's fifth attempt, is erroneous, misleading and continues to lack detail and supporting documentation. It is now abundantly clear that the design compromises are as a result of overdevelopment. Littlefield simply cannot accommodate the proposed number and mix of units. There is no play or open space, and parking spaces are to the minimum size. The affordable units are located 12.1 metres from For the Willows, a much larger detached house. This is less than half the required back-to-back -back distance and results in plots 8 and 9 being directly overlooked into their kitchens and living rooms. Located less than 12 metres away from Five the Willows, Plot 10 will be directly overlooked into its kitchen and bedrooms. To prevent the overlooking of an existing property, and given its disproportionate scale and position, Plot 12, a four-bedroom detached house, has been specifically designed with no habitable rooms to either of the rear elevations. There are no details of finished ground levels and the biodiversity questionnaire is incorrectly completed, avoiding the need for an ecology survey. The recommendations of a former survey have not been adhered to. The most recent SUVS information has been overlaid onto the previous layout, as has the most recent planting schedule showing the retained hedge. 
The design and layout of this proposal is woefully below standards and contravenes the Essex Design Guide adopted as supplementary planning guidance for Gen 2. The proposed access is unsafe, below standards and does not comply with DM1, Gen 1 and the NPPF. Manual for Streets states that a road must be 4.8 metres wide to allow a truck and a car to pass. If a car is parked outside or opposite my house, a lorry will not be able to pass. Why else are Essex highways threatening to impose a clearway during the construction period? The emerging Essex design guide supports the need for wider roads. Manual for Streets says the curvature of a road and the existing levels of street parking must be taken into consideration when assessing the width of the road. Waste collection should be an integral part of street design and achieved in ways that do not compromise the quality of place. Avoiding and ignoring the future implications of access at this point will be life-threatening. All aspects of this application are fundamentally flawed and do not comply with local and national planning policy. It must be refused. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs Choate. Our next speaker is Andrew Leclerc. And you two have three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, this application is flawed so flawed that I do not believe any reasonable authority could approve it in this state. Um, I cannot in the time allowed list all the problems with this application, but fortunately most of them point to one big problem. They are trying to squeeze too many units of this mix onto this site. Um, and they cannot do that and accord with local policies, supplementary planning documents and supplementary planning guidance, and even the National Planning Policy Framework. Um, I'm frankly baffled that it's been recommended for approval. Um, I hope the following example will give you some flavour of it. Um, I don't know if the councillors have seen the email I sent them, but um, it's, it's a simple matter of geometry that this overlooking is bonkers, frankly. I can't use any other word for it. Um, and to approve it would be crazy. The hedge is not along the boundary. There is a clear gap behind it. You've only got to go in the back garden of four of the willows or five of the willows and you can look over and see this gap. This would have to be a new hedge. What height is it going to be maintained at? The action hedge height says it would be two metres. It does nothing to alleviate the loss of privacy to the habitable rooms of either the willows or the affordable properties or the bungalow, which is the only bungalow we're getting and it's the one that's also set aside for older persons and the wheelchair accessible property. From a housing association, this seems a little minimalist. Um, now, the outline. There's a big problem there. There really is. I don't know what Essex highways are playing at. Um, sweat path analysis shows that if parked cars are taken into account, which the officer's report says they should be, a dust cart cannot enter the site. It simply can't. got a picture here. That's a smaller one, and it takes a wing mirror off a car. Once they get on the site, they can't circulate with the one example of visitor parking we've been shown. It all, again, is down to them trying to fit too much on. Um, your officer mentioned SUDS. The Essex SUDS design guide has clear recommendations for the siting of soakaways, which are in line with building wrecks. They'd have to be. They have to be more than five metres from a building. You can't put a soakaway in the back garden of the bungalow and it be five metres from the building. Again, it just won't fit. <laughs> this is all down to trying to squeeze too much onto this side. 
Um, how long have I got? Because I'm just going to keep going. If <laughs> um, I have a letter here from Essex Highway saying that they have not assessed the access route. Sorry, an email. Only the site itself. Um, I have an email here from a parishioner of the Chester Parish Council complaining about the safety of the roads. I mean, this was entirely unprompted. She just wrote to the Parish Council saying the roads are not safe. Um, we didn't allow the road to be built to below the standards even that existed at the time. But they are, and now you can't go through there. I would urge you to refuse it on grounds of Gen 1 and Gen 2, please. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And our last speaker is the agent, and that's Ulrika Maricariello. And I can allow you six minutes. Thank you. I don't think I need that long. Um, Members of the Planning Committee, Mr Chairman, my name is Ulrika Macariello from Hastor Housing Association. I usually sit here to present a rural affordable housing scheme, however today I'm presenting Hastor's first market-led development. This is an exciting challenge for a housing association, <clears throat> driven by changes in government legislation and reduced grant funding, and any surplus that this scheme will generate will provide much-needed internal cross-subsidy for affordable housing schemes. Even though this proposal varies from our usual work, it is particularly important to Hasto that our core values are still followed. We ensured that we applied the same open approach as we do with all our developments and held a public drop-in meeting at Great Chesterford Community Centre on 7th of April. This was well attended and visitors were invited to leave comments and suggestions. I also attended the Parish Council meeting twice to provide details of the proposal and invited our consultants along to provide technical details relating to the scheme. In addition, the scheme has undergone regular pre-application consultation with the planning team and Essex County Council Highways as the design progressed. As a result, we have made several amendments following the submission to accommodate other consultee comments. The scheme now presented has been designed to take into account comments that were received paying particular attention to the impact on neighbouring dwellings and overlooking issues. The scheme proposal provides a high level of design with different style of dwellings and traditional materials, including red brick render and weatherboarding, red and brown roof tiles, dormers within cottage and children style dwellings. This provides an attractive blend within the proposed development in, keep, in keeping with local vernacular. We also ensured early consultation with the Highways Authority as it was clear from earlier and current objections that the proposed access road is of concern to existing residents. Essex County Council Highways have repeatedly confirmed that that the access via Spencer Road, Rookery Close and Bartholomew Close would be acceptable for this scheme. The access is over an adopted highway and therefore does not hold any weight or other restrictions. We have incorporated all other comments received during the application process and we will ensure, should planning be granted, that our chosen contractor will treat the existing residents with appropriate consideration throughout the construction process. In summary, 
The proposed development will provide much needed housing in a sustainable location within a high quality and sympathetic development in accordance with local, regional and national planning policy. It is hoped that your support today will help ensure this scheme can be successfully delivered. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Marcello. <coughs> Excuse me. Right, members, um, before we get to your comments and questions, I just want to take up with Mr. Brown on your behalf some of the um, issues that were raised by some of the speakers. Um, our first speaker said that there was um, a lack of documentation and that questionnaires were inaccurately or not correctly completed. Um, if we could have some comment on that. And there was also questions raised about back-to-back -back distances that um, weren't compliant. Um, I think those three will do for starters, please. Yes, it's the case that the, the original questionnaire for this was saying no to all the um, trigger points for um, possible further biodiversity reports. Now, um, that is uh, uh, something which uh, we should have um, picked up on with the developer or the architects early on. Now, it's the case that the County Council Ecology team has reappraised this scheme for this DFO. Now, um, there was a reference in the outline application scheme for there to be uh, subject to a further reptile survey if that was found to be required. Now, um, the issue there is um, the original outline application in 2013 uh, didn't throw up anything which was going to be endangering protected species. Uh, since that time, as you can see from the uh, condition of the, the site, it's, I don't know if you call that semi-maintained grassland or, or not, certainly the landowner hasn't maintained it to a, a, a shortcut level. So it is possible that uh, there, there might be some protected species there. I don't know what there could be. I mean, I was walking on the site yesterday lunchtime and didn't see anything, although I'm not a trained ecologist, so I, I couldn't comment on that. But uh, we have to look back to the, the findings of the, uh, the original ecology report for the outline scheme, which did not throw up anything which uh, would have um, uh, been, been saying that the, the scheme should not proceed on ecology grounds. Now, it is open, of course, if members were to, recommend, uh, to approve the scheme, and obviously that's what we are discussing now, uh, for the application to be deferred, uh, subject to the appropriate surveys to be done, and possibly report back to a next meeting with the results of those um, uh, survey findings. As I say, um, it doesn't appear to be the case, according to Ecology, that they have any concerns on this DFO application. But for the sake of completeness, that might be something, Chair, that you may wish to consider um, before um, any further consideration of this application. Um, as far as back-to-back -back distances are concerned, yes, it is accepted that the, uh, the dwellings do not have a, uh, well, a, a dwelling to boundary distance of 15 metres um, either on this northwest boundary here or indeed on any of these boundaries. 
Now, we accept that, and that was accepted by the architects before they put in the revised scheme. The Essex Design Guide, whilst it's not an adopted document, as you may know, uh, it, 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 it's, it, um, whilst it's not an adopted document, uh, this local authority does use that document as best practice, um, and particularly with regard to impact on amenity and parking and so forth. Now, as a result of that, the, the dwellings themselves have been designed so that there is no overlooking from the site interior in, uh, over onto adjacent properties. And a case in point there would be for the two-bed affordable housing units uh, for eight and nine, where they have just roof lights in the rear roof slope as opposed to, to windows. So that would effectively knock out any overlooking onto the willows. Um, so uh, in that respect, we feel that that boundary is uh, effectively preserved. And with regard to the comment by the third party about overlooking into the site from the willows uh, to plots eight and nine, as I said, the hedge at the back, which I showed you a photograph of, would prevent that from occurring if it were also to be reinforced. Now, there may be an issue um, along here, members may feel. There is a garage here which tends to block uh, views into the site into plots four and five. Um, as the first third party uh, speaker said, uh, the effects of plot 12 onto number 17 Rookery Close, that has now been negated by the fact that that does not have any rear windows on the rear gable at first floor, neither uh, there because that would now be an ensuite window where the distance from there to there is in fact 15 metres. So that would in fact comply in terms of any, over, any material overlooking. So it is accepted, Chairman, this is a constrained site. Uh, that was never um, hidden uh, either by officers or the architects, but the architects have tried to mitigate against any um, severe instances of uh, material overlooking or loss of privacy by designing the layout um, as to the way they have. Um, just as a, uh, another reference, Chairman, if I may, I know it's not one of your questions, but it was mentioned that the minimum parking requirement has been uh, done on this site. I would in fact uh, correct that by saying they are the, the full 5.5 uh, by 2.9 parking spaces. Um, there may be some confusion to do with the fact that there's sort of sideways shown here, for example. If you take that as a whole parking space, that is 7 metres by 3 metres. In terms of the actual um, parking provision, all of the plots are parking compliant with exit design guide standards and local standards for three and four better houses. So in that respect, it's compliant. Um, and in terms of rear amenity space uh, for each dwelling, as you'll see from the schedule um, in the report, all of the dwellings are um, amenity compliant um, where they um, res res they comply with the uh, minimum garden standards for uh, two, three and four, five bed uh, accommodation respectively. Thank you, Chair.
Thank you. And Mr. Brown, are you going to have some further illumination for us? Just, just one thing, because I think members need to get on and start discussing this. Um, not talking across Clive, but Clive mentioned the D word earlier on in terms of deferral. Uh, I wouldn't jump straight to that. Um, because this, this matter was deferred some time back in terms of, for highway reasons, to be honest. But I don't think it's had an airing in terms of discussing other issues in terms of the layout. And so I think if members get to a resolution of where they want to go to and you want to revisit the issue about ecology at the end, um, then, then you can raise that as part of the debate. I'm not going to predict where you're going to go. But I would suggest you talk around the scheme uh, for the, for, I think, just to be fair to the residents and to the developer in terms of so it's given an airing and we'll see where we are with ecology if that particular issue is but I wouldn't just jump straight to a deferral I'm sure you wouldn't but please don't Fine, thank you Mr Brown that's uh, one of the points I'd raised there myself Okay members, over to you Comments, Councillor Lodge Can I kick off with a, with a couple of factual questions though actually pre-kick off I would say that uh, in general, I'm rather a fan of Hesto's, um, and I'm thinking that this possibly isn't their finest hour. However, access first, Stanley, Stanley Close there, um, that is presumably um, highways land up to almost the boundary of the site. Am I correct in thinking it's simply a ransom strip issue here? Does anybody know that? It is a ransom strip. It is a ransom strip. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. Um, second point then on the, uh, uh, the power of the Essex design guide, whether this is adopted, we've, we've blatantly not followed it, uh, but what is the legal and technical situation on that? The technical... Sorry. sorry. <laughs> we have not adopted the Essex design guide. But, as I, you know, I'm probably beginning to bore you now, we haven't adopted it, but we use it as good practice. I think that's it in, that's it in a nutshell, to be honest. Thank, thank you for the facts. I may come back later. Oh, sorry, fine. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. The Essex Design Guide, I think, is to quote Henry IV, I think, it's observe more in the breach than in the observe, follow more in the breach than in the observance, you know, it's nice to have it, uh, and if it happens to go along in the same direction as oneself, that's fine, but otherwise, you can always say we haven't signed up to it. I, I think, Chairman, this site is a great disappointment. It's a great disappointment because it's a field stuck in the middle of a housing estate, and somebody's bought the field and they want to build houses on it. A little bit of planning would have enabled us perhaps to make it a little bit clearer. But anyway, um, Hasto is one of the applicants. They have an extremely good reputation for low energy homes and for um, as a housing association. Uh, Hasto is a brand. I feel in this example, the brand doesn't help them at all. It's rather damaging their brand because it's not a terribly well thought through development, in my opinion. And the access is dire. Now, when it comes to a matter of ransom strips, the funny thing about ransoms, you either pay them or you don't. If you don't pay them, somebody gets executed or whatever. You know, um, <clears throat> that's the way it goes. But once this place is built, this development, once it goes ahead, that ransom strip will become worthless. Would have any value at all. 
It would be of no use to anybody, of no interest to anybody. So my first thing to be would say to the developers, and if Hasto is one of those, I would say to Hasto, go away and talk again with the owner of the ransom strip. Of course, as soon as you go ahead and build these, that piece of land of theirs becomes worthless. That conversation needs to be had. It needs to be had more firmly. I am mindful of voting against this application. It's had a chequered history, I know, but I think the access along Rookery Close is dire. I think the excuses for not getting more sensible access of Stanley Close is laughable. And I think once you get inside this proposed development, as soon as you see tandem parking, that is an absurdity for somewhere that's essentially in the countryside. In the centre of the town, it's a possibility, maybe. But tandem parking never works terribly well. It's just used by developers as a means of trying to pack more into a... Uh, put a quart into a pint pot. So I certainly feel we need to do better on this one. Thank you. Councillor Riles, I believe you... I think actually my fellow councillors have already uh, covered most of the points. I think fundamentally I would like, hate to be the person who lives at the end of Rookery Close. Um, there's one of those photographs shows a white car facing to the left. I think that's where I think is the right place. Um, can you bring that up please, Maria? Rookery Close, I think, where it enters this proposed development. Is it the other one? Is it, is it the other? Is there another, there's another one, isn't there? Next one? No. Yeah. No, there's one more I thought. Maybe I've misunderstood it. Is it the other end? Well, either way, I mean, any of those uh, approach roads into that site... Um, are too narrow and for all of the comments that the parish council has made I, I feel as though they ought to be upheld and I think the developers should go away and think again there's two, there are two bigger properties on a small site um, and that's my thoughts Thank you, interestingly enough the density is 27 units per hectare which is quite low on our standards uh, Councillor Chambers you wish to speak Thank you Mr Chairman um, yes, I don't want to repeat too much, Mr Chairman, but it's been before us, I think, uh, a couple of times before. One of the things which we stated, and I think all the members were in agreement, was, was the access road. Now, I have to agree with Councillor Freeman, most unlike me, but I do have to agree with him with regard to uh, what he said about Stanley Close. I mean, being one of the local members, I know this area very well. And if I were building a development there, and this is where I'm disappointed with Hastos, because Hastos are an extremely good uh, low-cost housing development, first class. But you, if you're going to have something on there, you need to have good access. Now, it's fairly obvious, and it's common sense to me, that you look on there, the obvious place is Stanley Close. Now, just because the developer... I presume, who has developed the Bellway one, won't negotiate with the person who owns this one, then there's got to be something wrong. And I don't think we can accept this on the access that is. I think it is probably, although what you've just said, Mr Chairman, I think it's probably overdeveloped slightly anyway. And I will... What brings me to this is... I believe last time the application was for 14 dwellings. 
This one is for 12 dwellings. So I think it is still in the middle of, of Great Chesterford overdevelopment, but particularly the access. And I would like to propose a, pr a refusal. Thank you. That's a full uh, proposal for refusal. And the reasons for that would be? There's no such policies over development. No. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, Mr. Brown will give us some policies for that. Um, yes, and Mr. Brown actually wants to advise on something else while we're there. I'm picking up Councillor Freeman's point about the ransom strip. Um, I also need to defend the developers quite here because I don't think the ransom strip's got nothing to do with Hasto and it's got nothing to do with Bellway. It's to do with the original landowners of the, of the site. Bellway bought a site and have developed a site. Hasto haven't bought this site and there is a ransom strip between the two sites. And I totally agree. The logical scheme would have been to develop the whole site as a... As a as, there wouldn't be two sites, there would be one site, but possibly we need more houses on it, to be honest, because of the way it's developed with access between the two. But that's not what we've got. And the only way you can reject this is not because there's an alternative site, an alternative access going through Stanley Close, and I agree, ransom strips just come down to money, that's what it all comes down to. You have to go down on the basis that the access onto Rickery Close isn't sufficient. And uh, that's, that's the difference. And so you need to be careful in terms of a high refusal based upon that. There's been discussions from the, from the speakers about the lack of suitability of Rookery Close and all the road all the way out to Jackson Lane. Um, the road is an adopted highway and it has to be up to a certain standard. In order to consider the route to the site, they need to consider the egress from the site onto the Rookery Close at that particular point and the current environment, and, and members have seen there are cars parked on the road there, that's what they need to consider. So members need to be careful if you're going down a highway refusal, because first of all we've got, obviously got a highway recommendation of approval here, but it's, it's not trying to sort out all the ills of the whole of that estate, because we're, we're talking about 12 dwellings of that estate, so you need to be careful there. And the ransom strip is a complicated matter, that's not what's in front of us, and whilst I totally agree with Councillor Freeman's viewpoint. The other issue members are talking about in terms of overdevelopment, in terms of issue, if members have got a concern about that, then again, we haven't put this to the vote yet, but that would be around Gen 2, around the design of the site, which, which takes into account separation distances overlooking, all those type of issues. And if you want to expand that, you don't need to. If you consider it's overdevelopment because you feel that XYZ, you need to add a little bit more to it so that could be defended on appeal. But I would say be very careful with a highway refusal reason because, you know, Rookery Close is what it is. But... It's your proposal, so... Bye. Yes, of course, Jane. The um, Chambers. First thing I'd like to know is, uh, has Essex Highways been out to actually look at the um, Rookery Close? Have, they've obviously seen it on a map, but have they actually been out to see what it is like? Mr Theobald, perhaps yeah, my standing best. through um, more than one discussion with Claire Jenkin of... County Highways is that she has been out to the site to have a look. Whether or not she's made any measurements or not, I don't know. She's very much aware of this issue about manuals for streets and this being slightly, slightly less in width than the 4.8 required. So she's obviously made an assessment based upon what she's seen, based upon the layout, and she's also looked at the uh, transport assessment report by SLR, which came in with the application. Now, I actually, in discussions with her, 
because a new access would come up first and foremost possibly as the um, we're discussing now are you completely satisfied with this in terms of the means of access into into the site now if you take away the fact that at the moment we haven't got it coming from the other side because of the ransom strip etc etc she said there's no highway grounds under which we as the uh, highways authority can object to this application she's aware of the the dust carts on on bin day um, and clearly there could be an issue um, with that now um, that is part and parcel of a access issue is whether or not on dust cart you know bin day they can get around the existing cars parked on the street or indeed um, if this development proceeds um, the only thing I'd say to that and it has come up in uh, discussions about whether or not there should be cars parked in the street plainly there's no parking restrictions in Wookery Close or Bartholomew Close there's no traffic orders in place so at the moment of course residents are entitled to park in the streets and this is the situation we're in Yes Councillor Chambers um, I'm not altogether happy from that because um, I'm looking at it from a public safety point of view if for instance that were to become a clear way then uh, how many parking spaces have those people got along Rookery Close because if they've only got two which some of them have and I think some of them haven't even got two then where do you put the other car or perhaps got a son or daughter that's got a car I, I know it's all but it's part of the public safety point of view and why should Great Chesterford when they have a, a, a proposal to develop in there and there's not any disagreement about actually developing it but why should it affect a village like Great, Great Chesterford so much just because there can't be any agreement really between uh, where the access is overdevelopment is, is very important but they'll still come back to the access and if you don't have the access in Stanley Close you are going to make it dangerous for the public and in particular children. Thank you Mr Chairman. I'll stick to my our proposed refusal. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Freeman. Um, did you wish to say anything further at this point? No, thank you. Uh, right, okay. Sorry, Councillor Lodge, I'll come to you first. Um, thank you, yes. It's related to highways and the... Um, uh, the views taken by highways. It's my recollection that I uh, recommended deferral of this at, uh, at one, of, one of the hearings here, and particularly to say that I wanted Essex Highways to come along and uh, explain their position and particularly defend their position. Uh, I find it highly disrespectful that they are not here uh, today. I should be writing to them uh, in my position as the county councillor and I would request the chairman if he would do the same thing and should this ever come back we strongly expect that so if it does come back with a proposed access along Rookery Cross that um, they are um, invited if not demanded to be present um, I can't demand that anybody attends my meetings or if I could I demand that more members of the public attended my meetings but um, in terms of the representation from highways, we have uh, a summary of their um, reply to consultation on the file and 
and uh, um, Mr Theobald has already said that he's had discussions with them. However, we will follow that up. Um, one question we should be asking ourselves is, <clears throat> in my view, if, although not obviously going to happen, access was from Stanley Close, would you approve this application? What else have we not discussed? What else have we found in our minds that we would put us against this? I know you've said overdevelopment, um, but basically it's a site that's going to, it's in a residential zone, it's going to be residential development. If the dust cart can't get up rookery close um, to get to this development, then it can't get up Rookery Close to get to Bartholomew Close, it follows. So the problem is inherent in the way people behave on Rookery Close. Now, if access was from Stanley Close, there's no guarantee that a dust cart can get through Stanley Close. There are no traffic orders, no control, people can park on the road. That's something you've got to live with. Technically, there is nothing wrong with this application. So uh, I, I find myself... Um, not being in uh, agreement with the uh, proposal to refuse, but that's my personal view. Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, could, could I just ask through you, Mr Theobald can show the photograph of um, Stanley Close. Right. Right. If you look at that Chairman, there are places to park at the front. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Theobald. There's places to park at the front, as well as probably on the side as well. I can't, I can't remember whether, whether they were or not. But, but the point being is, if you measure that road there, a dust cart, I can tell you now, can get through there if it has cars parked all down the left, all down the right. If you go to over to Rookery Close, the other one there. If you have a car parked on the left, it cuts it down. If you have a, park, a car parked on the right, no way, and more importantly, not the dust cart, Mr Chairman, but the emergency Fire engines services. and ambulances, yes. What about ambulances? Fire services? They are residents' cars that are parked on those roads, Councillor Chambers. So... I yeah, that, that, that's the issue that is. Sorry, I just. Yeah, I'm just going to back the chairman up here. The looking at Stanley Close, that is a spanking new road. In five years' time, um, people would have put little picket fences up there. They may start yacht parking on there. There may be all sorts of things happening. I would say when we go all the way back to Rookery Close and all the way down to Jackson Road, that used to be a spanking new road. And that used to be where people weren't developing their gardens and all sorts of things. So the situation today, to compare a road of the age that we've currently got and a road, the, what's in common between the both of them is they're adoptable highways and so therefore they need to be kept up to scratch. And there is an issue, don't argue the fact there is an issue with Rookery Close and how the roads have been maintained and that's a different issue. But that's... Sorry, Mr. Chairman, I, I must come back. old, new or old, and I remember it when it was new, so... If you actually look at that road there and the way that that road goes round, the width of the road, it is not the same as the entrance from Stanley Road because they, you can actually see two rows of cars 
one either side of which a dust cart or, more but importantly, that, an emergency vehicle could get through. We're on about public safety. Yes, but that is a situation that exists. Forget this development. That situation exists. How are you going to change it? You're going to take one of those footpaths out and widen the road and just have footpath one side. That's a scheme that will come out in due course from somewhere, perhaps. But it's not for us to decide on today. What you're looking at is whether or not you feel that application can, this application can be approved in terms of access and design. That's the only two things we're talking about. If you're saying access isn't good enough, then that's where access is good. But we can, we can go on talking about them, where the cars are parked. They're different, it's different every day. Councillor Hicks. Uh, Chairman, I'd just like to comment on what Councillor Chambers has said. And uh, in where I live in Dunmo, um, the, there are similar problems. There's an access road to my cul-de-sac, um, which, and that access road is, uh, has, until recently, been blocked by people who chose to park on the wrong side of the road, or on the opposite side of the road, to where other people were parked. That has now, but the, the action which was required and which has now been taken is that the side where those people chose to park has now put, had double yellow lines, and so people no longer do it. And so there, there, there is um, a, um, a route, a method for dealing with this situation when it occurs. And, um, to, but to say we've got to have the roads wider and wider because people will choose to park at the curbs on both sides. Don't think that, that makes any sense at all. Thank you. Right. I think Councillor Lodge, you want to come back? Sorry, I'm coming back to your. Uh your comments, Mr. Chair. Um, I appreciate what you say. The access is difficult for, current, for the current roads and for the current residents. However, I feel we have a duty not to exacerbate that. And that must be a major point. You can't continually add to it. We have an opportunity to preserve that, and you shouldn't make it worse. Thank you. Councillor Riles? Um, <clears throat> I wonder, is there such a thing you can put on with, with restriction for construction traffic? A question to Nigel. <clears throat> I think members may know my views on construction management plans, but in this particular issue, if members have got concerns about construction, construction traffic is not actually a development thing that we should be considering, not for, but uh, if members feel that an additional condition about construction management, that can easily be put on there. And, my, I think really, I mean, I, 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 um, the access is a problem. I think um, Hasto and um, the, the other developer should go back and discuss this thoroughly with the Parish Council. If you've already had two representations to the Parish Council and the Parish Council is still saying no, I don't think you've done your job well enough to convince them. Um, and I think maybe in conjunction with the Highways Department as well. And then really good thrash it all out before we automatically refuse it because it has got permission for development. It's just the, the way you go about it, really, and also the style of the houses, which is important. So I think you should go back and talk to the parish council and get them on site. Just, just coming back on that, I, I would reiterate, it is not the developers that have created this situation. It is the landowners that have created this situation. So on that basis, if, that recommend, if that's what you want to happen, a refusal is the way forward. I would actually say, rather than defer it, because it won't happen. Because this has been on the table for quite a long time in terms of how it goes. I'm still recommending approval for it, but I just think if that's what you want to happen in terms of the highway, the refusal is the only way forward. 
and it also gives the applicant the opportunity to appeal as well, rather than just leaving it. Councillor Freeman. Yes, Chairman, thank you for letting me come back. Um, I think it's important that we send a clear message. We very often get cases brought before us and we're told you can't do anything about this, it's a done deal, you've got to rubber stamp it. You don't quite say it like that, but it's almost said like that. Um, and I think it's time that on certain occasions we say no. And frankly, I don't care whether it's a matter of the developer or the landowner. I do care, as Councillor Chambers points out, about the safety of the people that live there and the immunity of the people that live there, because once these places are built, you're stuck with them for the next 50 years at least. So I have no compunction about refusing this application. I think we should do that and set a peg in the, in the ground to say, look, when things like this come before us, we simply send them back, try harder, it's not satisfactory. We're not serving the public by passing this application. Thank you. If nobody else wishes to add to the conversations, I think we've got... You've got a second We've got a seconder. We've been seconded by uh, Councillor Freeman. Right. Yep. We've got a proposal to uh, refuse the application based on access and design in general terms. Yes, I think, you're, I think we could use Gen 1. Again, I've, I said my bit about that, but, but I think you can add bits from Gen 1 in terms of it, you know, it's, it's not acceptable in terms of... Uh, design would not compromise road safety and would take into account any cyclists, etc. I mean, that, that, that's fair enough. And in terms of Gen 1, Gen 2, um, I would suggest it's overdevelopment of the site and, and a lot of that stuff in there that can cover those issues because members, members have raised issues in terms of the relationship between that and the adjoining site. So we can do it on Gen 1 and Gen 2 in terms of access. And I would mention the word overdevelopment, which has resulted in that because that's the word that Councillor Chambers used. But we can, we can put together a refusal reason based upon that. Thank you. If that's clear, then we'll go to the vote. All those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four. And against? Three. Thank you. That matter is refused. Thank you. <laughs> the next item on our agenda is application 4.3, which is UTT stroke 16 stroke 0873. It's an application for full planning consent at Quendon and Mrs. Shrewsmith will present it to us. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, I shall withdraw as... Uh... Thank you. Councillor Lodge is withdrawing for reasons previously given. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The application that we have before us is for Ventnor Lodge, which is located on Cambridge Road in Quendon. The property is located to the west of Cambridge Road. Um, further to the west is the village of Rickling Green, and this is the approach into Quendon, um, passing by the application site itself. The site to the north, um, members would be um, aware that planning permission has been granted and is in currently being constructed for a scheme of 19 dwellings, including affordable housing, play space, land for education purposes. To the west of the site, um, we have the conservation area which runs along the boundary, along further up to the rear boundaries of the um, existing built form. It skips round and comes back down to here. 
there are a couple of um, listed buildings, the nearest ones being uh, the Cricketers Arms itself and the uh, Woodman's Cottage further to the north. There is a public footpath which runs to the north through uh, the adjacent to the northern boundary of the site which runs from the existing um, currently um, constructed site through um, to into the um, village itself. Um, it, as seen from the site visit today, um, the site itself is heavily landscaped around the perimeters of the site uh, and the site also sits at a lower ground level um, adjacent to the neighbouring properties uh, within a bowl. There is a change in ground levels ranging between 1.5 metres to approximately 4 metres uh, from the adjacent sites. In terms of what's being proposed for this site, um, it's been proposed that um, the existing house on the site, uh, together with its outbuildings, are demolished, and for the erection of up to 12, uh, sorry, for the erection of 12 dwellings, including landscaping and a new access to be created. The existing access um, onto the site at present is taken from Cambridge Road. There is an in and out access, um, one here and one here. As part of the scheme, it's proposed that those are closed off and a centrally um, constructed vehicular access um, is made to access the scheme centrally. Um, as seen from the site, there is a quite a large verge on the frontage which is heavily screened. Uh, that in itself will be uh, retained, obviously allowing for visibility displays and um, obviously the landscaping um, would be thickened up there. In terms of um, the pedestrian footpath to the um, north, the schemes proposed um, to provide access and link up to the existing public footpath, um, allowing um, access from the site um, into the village, um, the core of the village itself, also through to the adjacent site to the north to allow access um, to the play area as well or further on to Cambridge Road um, as a possible safer walking route through the site. The scheme, as you can see, is um, laid out in an elongated cul-de-sac form. Um, in terms of what is proposed in elevations, um, this will give you um, the idea of what the site would look like. The two dwellings here are the two dwellings that would be fronting Cambridge Road um, as located here. So these are the elevations that you'll be seeing. As you drive into the site, um, on the right hand side, this is the view of the houses and what they would look like. Um, as stated, these will be two two-and-a-half-storey um, dwellings ranging from heights of um, 8.3 metres to 10.2 metres in height. A couple of the dwellings have been reduced in, in height um, to make them uh, more acceptable. In terms of the two dwellings at the front, these would be 9.4 metres in height, which would be similar to um, the main dwelling which has currently um, been built on the adjacent site to the north, also fronting Cambridge Road. 
As stated, um, the existing landscaping would be fundamentally retained. Um, the site itself, because of the ground level differences, uh, would be predominantly screened, so there will be little visibility out of the site and little impact in terms of neighbouring um, amenity uh, or visual impact. The, um, as part of the scheme as well, it's proposed that there would be, um, there is an existing dry pond which is located here. Um, it's proposed for that pond to be utilised, screened off um, with a gate to access it um, for health and safety purposes. But this pond would be used uh, as part of the SUD system, which would um, allow um, a, a kind of a measured drain uh, from the runoff of the site into the existing uh, ditch which is located here. Um, the site currently um, drains in this manner um, by utilising the existing dry pond that would allow more controlled um, runoff uh, for the additional built form on the site. The History and representations made are highlighted on pages 41 to 57 of the report. Members' attention is also drawn to the supplementary representation where additional comments have been received from Stansted Airport where no objection has been raised. The principle of the scheme has been fully discussed in the report in sections 10.1 to 10.18. It's been concluded that the development um, has been previously approved to the site to the north and has been accepted, thereby this is also a material consideration. The proposed scheme is sustainable meeting um, the strands of sustainability in accordance with the MPPF. Also the site um, as defined um, is defined as brownfield land. Therefore, the principle on this site um, is considered to be acceptable. The proposed design, layout, size, scale of the proposed scheme are also considered acceptable and in keeping with the surrounding area based on um, the adjacent development as well. Um, in terms of impact, little detrimental impact is considered in terms of residential or visual amenity of neighbouring occupiers, both in terms of existing or upon the future occupiers. Um, no impact is also considered upon the um, character and appearance of the conservation area um, which, it's, um, which is adjacent to the site or any of the neighbouring listed buildings. There is sufficient amenity on site um, and parking as has been broken down within the report in section 3.1 as well. In terms of infrastructure, um, with respect to um, securing contributions, um, affordable housing contribution um, is secured um, through a Section 106 agreement. Element of open space, contribution to, pull, to the repairs of the local village hall as well, um, and the um, assuring the connection with the public footpath to the north um, has also been highlighted as heads of terms within the report. Um, in terms of site area discrepancy, this has been fully discussed within the report um, and has been seen on site that um, the difference um, in the margin area along the northern boundary here is undevelopable land, therefore uh, no issue um, is considered as a result of that. Uh, consultee objections have been addressed during the course of the application, therefore uh, those have been removed and there are no outstanding objections regarding this application. As a result, the application is recommended for approval, subject to a Section 106 obligation and the conditions listed within the report, subject to the following amendments. Um, 
it's recommended that condition 19 is omitted as it's a duplication of condition 8. Also a recommendation that the scheme complies with part M of the building regulations. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. We have one speaker in favour of the application, which is Michael Calder. I'm not sure whether you're the owner or the agent. You're the agent. Yes, thank you. And you have three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I'm Michael Calder from Phase 2 Planning, and we're the agent acting on behalf of the applicants, which is Carla Holmes. Firstly, I'd like to say we've read the report and we fully support the well-considered views and recommendation of officers. We've worked closely with officers over the pre-application and application stages over the last seven months and we've made a number of changes to address officer and consultee feedback. In addition, we've met with the Parish Council on many occasions both prior to submission of the application and after to explore the needs of the village and try to meet those needs. As a result of those discussions, to support and enhance the community facilities in the village, Carla Holmes has agreed a contribution towards repairs to the village hall. We'd like to address uh, the, uh, the discrepancy relating to the application site boundary raised within the officer's report. We trust that this morning's site visit illustrates that the strip of land to the north of the boundary falls outside of the site area. It does so because it's a tree belt on a steep embankment with a two to, meter, two to four metre fall. It's therefore undevelopable and proposed to be retained as a tree belt and maintained by Carla Holmes as part of the management company along with the footpath adjoining between the two developments. Turning to design, the committee will be aware from the development to the north of the site currently under construction and in Takeley that Carla Holmes have a very good reputation for building high quality, well designed houses and this will be continued on the Ventnor Lodge site. We were, pleased, we were pleased to hear that during meetings with officers in the parish and the community during the exhibition at the school in March that there was strong support for the quality of the design. This site will largely be screened uh, from, from its surroundings by ret retained boundary planting. Overall, we therefore fully endorse the officers' report and the recommendations, but in addition we would just like to emphasise the following points. This scheme meets and in most cases exceeds the council's standards for parking and garden sizes with on-plot visitor parking for the larger five and four bedroom houses and generous gardens. This scheme involves the development of a previously developed site which was once used as a brick quarry. This site has been identified by the council in its call for sites and within a general location that's considered appropriate for new housing. Quendon's been identified as a sustainable location for this growth. This scheme is a small number of homes which will bring new residents into the village and enhance the vitality of the existing services and contribute towards the enhancement and maintenance of the village hall among other facilities. Therefore, in conclusion, the proposal will provide a high-quality, sustainable residential scheme which has regard to its context, which would significantly enhance the character of this part of Quendon and bring benefits to the village. It would assist the council in maintaining a flow of developable sites in a location that's been identified as suitable for growth, and thus a five-year housing land supply. So I'd just like to finish by saying we, um, we therefore uh, agree with the officer's report and recommendation and respectfully request that you, you follow that advice. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Calder. <clears throat> okay, members, uh, questions, comments? Okay, I'll kick off. Um, when I first looked at this and 
saw that there was a question over the boundary line and what the site area should be. Um, I, I, I was slightly concerned, but having seen it on site this morning and had it explained, as the agent just did, that those, that tree belt will uh, remain as a community asset, um, I'm quite heartened by that because had they been included within the plots, then the owner is quite at liberty, the new owner is quite at liberty to cut it down. There are no TPOs. So um, that, that's a benefit. And uh, I think that eases our mind in respect of the contribution towards affordable housing, uh, the financial contribution. Um, okay. Um, let's try the thought now. Uh, so, on that basis, I, I'm happy to uh, go along with the proposal, um, unless members bring up anything else. Thank you. Mrs. Oliver, would like to say Mrs. Oliver would like to have a word for us. Uh, Thank you. The, the maintenance of the tree belt is not actually included in the recommendations for the uh, uh, um, 106 agreement, so that really should be added. So, you will secure its maintenance. Fine. Thank you. Yes, I very much agree with that. Thank you. So that, members, to be clear, the maintenance of that tree belt will be included within the Section 106 proposal. Okay. Uh, Councillor Freeman? Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, Chairman. Um, it's an intriguing site, and one can see that it could develop very nicely. I think there's a difference of about four metres in levels between one end of it and the other. Um, it's just a shame, because it's the same developer. It's Carla Holmes, probably in both cases they're doing the site to the north of this that we can't just have one exit from both sites uh, it's another example of the problems the lost opportunities that come with piecemeal development which seems to bedevil us uh, and the road it's an old Roman road outside uh, is despite speed limits a very fast road and as drawn the deceleration lanes are <coughs> minimal for this proposed development. So I'm wondering, Chairman, whether it's some sort of informative that we can apply to this, because I'm very happy to consent it, uh, to try and get the access through the existing Carla home site. The problem would be that it would reduce the value of those homes slightly, but it would increase the value of these, possibly. But that's, that's my only comment. Everything else, I think, looks actually quite good. Thank you. It was, I'll come to you in a moment, Councillor Hicks, but <coughs> just coming back to Councillor Freeman there, um, it was evident on the site this morning the, the land difference, the level of difference between land between two sites is quite sharp, which is a point I meant to raise earlier, which I'll raise now. Um, I've looked through the documents and I couldn't find a longitudinal section through that footpath link up into the other site to pick up on the other footpath. The, the difference in height is such that um, that would be a very long ramp and it would be because of the accessibility issue, and that would not comply with building regs. So I think there might need to be at the back of those gardens a bit of a dog leg. Um, these plots, I can't read the number, the, the other side of the uh, footpath link, um, there might need to be a little bit taken out of the corners there so you can get um, a return and a counter return um, with some level platforms in order to make a ramp work because it will need a ramp to access. Um, but that is the reason why you won't get, uh, you wouldn't get um, a, a, a through road in there, a, a link in there because of the, the level. I mean, you would need to build up 
this bowl with a, a tremendous amount of material to get the, the roads level. So that's obviously a non-starter, and I think that's what does it. And presumably, they've already sold those units off, off, off plan, and they are on a cul-de-sac, and they would not be best pleased if they became a through road. Uh, right. Um, Councillor Hicks. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, <clears throat> unlike uh, Councillor Freeman, I, I, I don't think we should try to redesign these developments uh, on behalf of the developers. That's their job. Um, we have to decide eventually whether it's um, an acceptable solution or whether it isn't. And it seems to me if uh, the point Councillor Freeman was making was access, I think it seemed to me that the access and egress from uh, the uh, proposed plan uh, would be much more, um, much safer um, for um, uh, getting onto the main road um, than the uh, existing um, in and out site for the existing house there. So I, I think we're improving things in that respect. And uh, as far as I can see, it's a perfectly good development. There's good um, opportunity for the uh, residents to have access through to Rickling Green and through to the um, play areas to the north. Um, I think it's a, um, a very uh, worthwhile development and should be encouraged and that we should uh, give it our approval. So Thank I put so proposed. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Chambers seconds that. Thank you. Anybody else wish to speak? Councillor Chambers? Thank you, Mr Chairman. I, I totally agree with what uh, Councillor Hicks has said. I think it would be much better with a single access. I, do, uh, uh, I hope the proposal includes the retention of the trees. That's outside of our um, application. Right. But, so, but it is, the undertaking is in the section 106 that the maintenance of that tree belt is included. Which is, which is actually better. Mm. Yes, yes. I so, I so second. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Riles. Uh, just a thought. I, I went around this morning, thought it was a lovely looking development. Um, do, do we, uh, what's our thoughts on um, the tandem parking? Um, in is that, would we not have a policy on that, or is it just this is what happens and see if they. Um, is, there, is there a particular policy on that, Maria? Um, it's within the um, Essex parking standards. Um, we haven't had any objections necessarily raised from the county with regards to the layout of the parking. I think because of the nature of the application as well, and it's within private plots, I don't think it would really cause an issue, and we've allowed it on other sites as yeah. well. Okay. Um, on to the Section 106, or payment, is the Parish Council don't appear to be 100% happy with this from the no what I've read through here. Having said that, they haven't represented themselves today, so is, there any, um, is, is the, are you happy with the Section 106? Uh, arrangements that are in place? Um, I've fully gone through the contributions within section 1052. Uh, sorry. Yeah, around there. <laughs> One second. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, section D um, from 10.45 to 10.56. Um, I've discussed um, the contributions both in relation to this site and cumulatively in terms of what's coming out from the adjacent site as well. Um, I'm quite comfortable in terms of what's been proposed, bearing in mind the size and scale of the scheme. Yeah, thank you. On the, on the terms of those 106 uh, contributions, um, 
I see from the papers that um, uh, the village hall are experiencing, uh, or the village hall is experiencing problems with uh, subsidence. Um, so therefore, their bills that they are facing is probably um, more than they can cope with. And I hope that the developer can look again at the negotiated figure and perhaps, perhaps um, make a, an, an alternative suggestion. I'll leave it to no more than that. But on the tandem parking point, it's uh, the proof of the puddings in the eating, isn't it? On a smaller little um, development like this, if you tee everybody else off on that thing, they'll soon tell you about it. And uh, you know, so I think it tends to sort itself out. On the bigger ones on the main road, that's that's difficult. Any other comments? Fine. Okay, we have a seconder, a proposal, and a seconder for approval. So, all those in favour, please show. Thank you. That matter is approved. Would someone like to find Councillor Lodge and bring him back, please? His hat is getting lonely. Uh, for the benefit of the recording, Councillor Lodge has returned and our next application, item 4.4 on the agenda, application UTT 161461, it's a householder um, application for full planning permission, it's in Saffron Walden and Mrs Shoesmith will make the presentation, thank you. Thank you Chairman. Um, yes, the application site is to Ashton Road within Saffron Walden. Um, it's located to the north of the common uh, within Saffron Warden. Um, in terms of the application before us, there's two applications on this site. The present uh, one that we're discussing is the householder application for the creation of a new access and additional parking. Um, that's the current site at the moment. Um, there is an existing access uh, which goes through the side, down the side of the property accessing um, an existing garage which is located here. Um, as seen on site there are quite steep, um, well relatively steep difference in ground levels um, from the front of the site um, going towards the rear. In terms of what's being proposed as part of this application, um, an additional vehicular access is proposed to create an in and out access. Um, also um, changing the ground levels within the site to allow two additional parking spaces as well. The um, scheme would also allow um, the vehicles to enter and leave the site in a forward gear where presently they're unable to do so. Um, as part of the application, lands there is a landscaping hedge which is located to the front of the site here. This would be retained, um, albeit allowing for the visibility displays for the um, vehicular access which is proposed. Representations are highlighted on page 82 of the report. The principle of the scheme um, in relation to this new access is considered acceptable. Little impact is considered upon the residential and visual amenity of the surrounding area and residential occupiers. Um, including the character and appearance of the conservation area which the site is located in. In terms of highway impact, no objections have been raised from highways subject to conditions. 
Um, it's also seen as an improvement in terms of the highway impact um, matters on the site because of the um, allowing the vehicles to enter and leave the site in forward gear and the additional creation of parking. Therefore, the application has been recommended for approval subject to conditions as listed on page 84 of the report. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. Uh, we have an objector who wishes to speak, and that's Inga O'Mara. And you have three minutes, Mrs. O'Mara. Thank you for the opportunity um, to comment on this application. My name is Inga O'Mara. I live at 28 De Bowen Court, and I'm on the west side of 2 Ashton Road. I'm the direct neighbour. Um, we have objections to the application in, in four areas. The first one is on road safety. The application describes the Ashton Road as slow-paced. It is in fact a busy road serving the town, and the new developments have meant that traffic volume has been steadily increasing. Traffic speeds vary from very fast to at a standstill when congested at peak times. This part of the Ashton Road is on many children's routes to school, and it can take a long time to cross the road safely. The proposed siting of the new access is immediately opposite a designated parking area for up to four cars and at a position where the Ashton Road effectively narrows. At this point, traffic is accelerating from the top of Chaters Hill towards town and moving into the middle of the road to avoid the parked cars. The position of the proposed new access would introduce an additional hazard to pedestrians and other road users, and we believe the design compromises road safety. There are, there are alternative solutions available to enable vehicles to turn within the property and exit forward through the existing access. The second point is harmful visual impact in a conservation area. The mature front garden of 2 Ashton Road has lawn, trees and shrubs and looks over the common. The proposal is to change this to a hard landscaped parking area. This is not in keeping with the environment on either side. To the west there is a row of trees and shrubs along the Ashton Road and to the east is a large mature front garden. The proposal says the existing hedge to the road frontage will be retained. However, taking into consideration the gradients required and the need for excavation, it is impossible to see how this could be achieved. We believe that this very visible, hard, landscaped car park will have a harmful impact on the view from the common. The third point is risk to historic walls. The boundary wall between our garden and 2 Ashton Road is built on the foundations of the Carmelite Monastery garden wall. The original monastery wall facing the common in the conservation area and corner wall bordering the site are both intact. Significant excavation will be required next to these walls to achieve the gradients required for the new access. The extent of the foundations are unknown, but we are concerned that this development will put these historic walls at risk. And the fourth point is the impact on our own property. The proposed access is on the other side of our garden wall. This is adjacent to our back garden, not a front driveway, and turning and manoeuvring of vehicles will cause us disturbance and noise. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Amara. Um, we have the applicant who wishes to speak, and that's Stephen Boddy. And you have three minutes, Mr. Boddy. Thank you. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, we understand local members' concern. However, as members see uh, on the saw on site this morning, uh, the existing property has no turning facility on site, and currently they have to reverse down the steep drive. This manoeuvre is infinitely more dangerous than that which we propose. We propose to make an access which allows turning on site and to exit the site in forward gear in a safe manner. Essex Highways are in 100% agreement of this proposal and the four rolling controlling conditions suggested would ensure the safety is achieved. We encourage people, we acknowledge, sorry, we acknowledge people use this footpath but it is wide, a wide footpath and with this proposal, car users could actually see pedestrians and vice versa, unlike the existing situation. Accordingly, Mr Chairman, the objectors and the objecting local members should be united in wanting this scheme because it is factually more safer than which at present exists. We respectfully urge to follow the officer's recommendations on this. Thank you, Mr Buddy. Okay, members, it's over to you. Uh, questions, queries? Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. <clears throat> the, um, the point about this application, obviously, is the, this house has had this, the existing access uh, for decades, and nobody's complained about it. And the only reason for this is for the application that we're going to consider next, which is uh, to make it an easier access for a possible house to be built in the back garden. Looking at this, actually, the extra en exit or entrance is not necessary because the excavation will enable you to turn a vehicle quite satisfactorily. So you, you can have a front-in, front-out uh, operation simply by doing the excavation and the earthworks without touching that boundary wall at all. Uh, and that is a consideration which I think should be looked at very carefully. In other words, you don't have to cut through the Carmelite Monastery wall, if there is one. Um, it might be one of these things which is more imaginary than real, but there is a Carmelite Monastery remains, and the whole of that bank is considered to be a part of it. The other thing is that this is uh, a road which sometimes carries very heavy traffic because the 1,000 new houses that are being built to the east of Saffron Walden have to leave the town uh, if people want to leave the Where town they have to do it either along the, uh, this road or uh, southwards along Abbey, Abbey Road and so there's going to be a very big increase in the amount of traffic uh, in the foreseeable future and by the way it's not a, a wide pavement we were all busy falling off it when we did the site visit this morning and because we were all busy falling off it we rapidly moved into the driveway to continue our discussions because we didn't want to be knocked down by passing um, vehicles or um, even by the mirrors of passing trucks so uh, it's, quite un it's less than a metre wide actually and also the pro <coughs> proposed exit entrance is opposite to three two hour parking spots which will still be there and that will make it a more difficult traffic movement as well. It's a route, Chairman, which carries an awful lot of pedestrian traffic from the big estates uh, up Sheds Lane, Highfields, further along the Ashton Road. The new developments along the Ashton Road, which are Tudor Park, and they're coming online, Ridgens, um, 
And those people, when they walk to school, those children, when they walk to school, a significant number of them will walk along this road, and there is no pedestrian crossing. I've tried, as a town councillor, for about the best part of 20 years to get a pedestrian crossing across the Ashton Road at that point, and you can't do it. Uh, my entreaties, air entreaties, have always fallen upon deaf ears. So you're facing a road which there is no pedestrian crossing, in which it would seem we're going to put an extra cut, uh, an extra source of traffic. So that's why I brought it before this committee for consideration. It's something which uh, needs to be carefully considered. I don't have a problem with the next application, as I say, when the time comes. Uh, but I do have a problem with the traffic management. Thank you, Councillor. Um, I think you might have gone some way to solving our five-year hand land supply with these thousand houses to the east of Saffron Walden. However, we'll leave that lie. Um, the, 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 um, one of the speakers uh, mentioned concern about the, the um, excavation affecting a wall. Um, although it's not our um, area of involvement, there is the Party Wall Act that would actually um, protect uh, the wall. Um, anybody else wishing to speak? Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, I'd just like to propose approval. I think that um, whether you've got two cars coming off it, four cars or what have you, backwards is not the right way on that sort of road. And years ago there wasn't the traffic, now there is. <coughs> I, I don't see any reason to refuse it. I shall therefore propose approval. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Riles, thank you. Do you wish to speak at this time, Councillor? Thank you. Um, interestingly, this morning, at our site visit, a car drove off there in forward gear. Um, uh, must have backed in. So, you know, there is a, is a way of doing it. Um, I don't think this is necessary, this uh, alternative exit. Forgetting the... Um, the, uh, the next application, um, it... it if they are prepared to reduce the front garden and landscape it, then off the existing access, which could be widened to improve a sight line if that's necessary, you drive in, you reverse back up the sideway to come out, and you come out in forward gear. This isn't necessary. It's not necessary for this proposal, and it's not necessary for any future proposal. So I shall be voting against it. So if anybody else wishes to speak, otherwise, the Councillor Lodge. Yes, I think I really um, endorse what you have said, Chairman and uh, Councillor Freeman. And just, just to add a little bit to it, to the, to the woes of the crossing, I've uh, spent many unhappy hours on this. And um, it's a very difficult problem to solve, is, uh, is Ashton Road. And Ashton Road is going to get uh, dramatically worse. It might not be a thousand. It isn't a thousand at the moment. And uh, heaven help us if it is, and we shall try to avoid such a scenario. However, what we, what we have come to is something of a compromise a little bit to the to, to the west of there we're actually doing a build out of of the pavement at the point where the footpath comes down from residential uh, areas to the north so we do we're doing what we can um, what you're doing there is giving, giving giving some better visibility without actually managing the traffic but I think the main point here is that it is totally out of proportion to the dwelling itself to have a and major in and out. Particularly, it causes such disruption to the, uh, uh, to, the, to the vegetation there, the hedgerow, and as you said, it is completely unnecessary. I could 
point out first of all that the highway code tells you that you reverse into it and that's why you come out to the front so it isn't necessary however leaving that aside I, I do have similar problems where I have so I have some sympathy and the answer is that you, uh, you do some excavation and you generate uh, an area in which you can turn the car around. Uh, that is perfectly acceptable and if you want to you can improve the ingress and exit from that particular drive. This is wholly unnecessary and I urge everybody strongly to uh, turn it down. Fine. We have a proposal for approval. Um, proposed and seconded so we'll go to the vote on that. All in favour of approval please show. And all those against? So the matter stands, the, that proposal fails, but we now need a proposal for refusal, please. Councillor Freeman is going to propose refusal on the grounds of... Unnecessary. Highway <laughs> safety, I would suggest. Um, I'm going to help you out. Gen 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. No, don't get carried away. Um, I think you could do this potentially on Gen 1. I'm not going to just, I think unnecessary has an argument, to be honest, because at the end of the day, it is a, it is a main road. And if this had been a county distributor road, which it isn't, uh, the county were very, very keen to reduce the amount of accesses onto County Jupiter Roads. And uh, so the same, the same argument could be on these particular issues. It, it is the solution here is what members have, have considered, and I'll be honest with you, I think I agree with you. The solution is the provision of a turning area. It's not necessarily the provision of a second access. And so I think you can do it on the basis of Gen 1 um, by, by saying it, it, was a, it, is a, it is an unnecessary additional access onto Ashton Road and which can cause, could cause problems in terms of other users of the highway. I think we can put something together on that basis. Fine, thank you. So we have a proposer, Councillor Freeman. Do we have a second? Councillor Lodge, thank you. Um, no one wishes to speak further. Whether we'll go to the vote on refusal. All those in favour of refusal, please show. And those against refusal? Three. That matter is refused. The next application is item 4.5 on the agenda, which is a connected application. It's UTT 161460. It's an outline consent for a new dwelling. And again, Mrs. Shoesmith will make the presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Right, again, same site. Um, in terms of um, the application, this application is for outline consent with all matters reserved except access. The applications for the demolition of the existing garage and carport and the erection of a single dwelling with garage and creation of new access. Um, this plan here is an indicative plan which shows what's being proposed as part of the scheme. It indicates the proposed new access, again in the same place to the previous application as just discussed. It will allow access for the existing property and turning area and two additional uh, and two parking spaces to cater for the existing property. It also shows on the plan that the landscaping um, will be uh, retained and will come around um, and form a shared boundary. Um, as a, as a marker between the two properties. 
The existing access will be utilised um, down the side of the property along the south here for the proposed dwelling. As I said, this is an indicative layout of how the site could accommodate the proposed dwelling. It shows um, how parking can be provided on site. I believe two parking spaces are shown and a turning table here. Um, with gardens preserved for both properties. It, within the report, it is um, stated that ample parking and amenity space is indicatively shown to be provided for both properties. The principle has been discussed within the report and um, has been accepted, with little impact considered upon the conservation area due to the location of the property being set um, back so there's no public viewpoints within the site itself. Based on the indicative plans, um, it indicates that there would be little impact upon residential and visual amenity of the uh, neighbouring occupiers. The um, cross sections here show how the uh, proposed dwelling could be cut into the um, ground levels, sinking the property down um, to reduce the bulk of the property, hence minimising um, any um, overlooking and um, impact on visual amenity. The representations have been highlighted within the report on pages 88 to 89. Um, as a result, um, the application has been recommended for approval subject to conditions as outlined on page 92 to 93. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Shoesmith. We have Mrs. Zamara. Do you wish to come forward again? Thank you. You have three minutes again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've just got a few points to add, so many, because many of the comments that I made for the last application um, uh, you know, are, are true for this one too. Um, there is a slight difference in the plan <coughs> in, the, in the front access in that the cars will go in and out of the new access that's proposed as opposed to separate in and out. So I think that would actually just exacerbate the issues that I mentioned before about road safety. Um, in terms of the impact on the, on the um, common and the harmful sort of impact of the view, um, there will always be parked cars in front of the existing house if this goes ahead. At the moment they are tucked around the back, but this will be the only place for cars to be parked. There will be no garaging for the new house. So that will be, um, again, a, a worse outcome in terms of the, the visual look in front of the house and the look from the, the common. Um, the same risk that I mentioned before to the historic walls because obviously there will be a lot of excavation and the impact on our own property again this we because we're on the on the front of it we would feel this more because again it would be vehicles that would be turning continually and maneuvering um, and not just going in and out that there would be a, a, a tight turning circle in the front of that um, existing house and that does as they back onto our back garden. It's not like it's a drive that it's adjacent to. It's the area that we, that we enjoy as our back garden. So thank you very much. Thank you. And our second objector is Vivian Barber. You have three minutes, Mrs. Barber.
The supporting planning statement states that the proposed development would not result in any significant adverse impact. I dispute strongly the assertion that the planning of this development achieves the NPPF goal of finding ways to enhance and improve the places in which people live their lives and respond to the local character of the surroundings. I submit this development would materially, adversely affect the reasonable occupation or enjoyment of not my, only my own existing property, but also those others adjacent to the proposed property. My house is adjacent to the proposed building and driveway. My rear windows all look onto or overlook the garden proposed for the development. My garden runs along the length of the new driveway access proposed for this property. The landscaping would change significantly, introducing a significantly sized hard landscaping component that doesn't exist currently. Access and egress to the proposed property would cause significant new noise and disturbance immediately adjacent to my property where no disturbance exists currently. Although access to the new property would be via the existing widened entrance, any vehicle or pedestrian access up to the new property would travel along the significantly extended access route, estimated four times as long as with added turnaround and parking, which runs immediately next to the boundary of my property. Currently, it only travels the few yards to the existing garage. Equally, there would be an additional movement of traffic within the proposed newly extended driveway and turnaround serving the existing house to allow vehicles to exist in forward gear, as there would there be significant manoeuvring within the route proposed to the new development. This is in part important when considering, for instance, the claim that there would be no additional traffic movements within close proximity of neighbouring properties. My garden extends parallel to the full length of the proposed property. As noted in the planning document, the land slopes steeply to the north and any single or one and a half storey development would overlook my adjacent garden space and offer a direct line of this vision to the rear of my house. The significant barriers would have to be built around to avoid this, which would mean removing or reconfiguring the existing long mature bush and trees which currently partly obscure the route of the proposed driveway extension and the end of the site proposed for development. Current visibility is partly demonstrated by the photograph of the garage that is proposed to be demolished. Traffic access to a busy road to a difficult sloping and again busy T-junction would be increased. Access and egress of traffic traffic from the property adjacent to my own property would be increased significantly or at least doubling. I submit that the proposed development does not in any way meet the guidance that local authorities should prefer land of lesser environmental value by sanctioning the breakup of a mature, privately owned property at the heart of Saffron Warden's residential environment when that area is already densely developed and its development negatively impacts surrounding properties and those passing. Compatibility with local character that the proposed development would be congruent with the style and layout of the existing built environment. The, the indicative layout plans show that the site is capable of accommodating a dwelling which would be of a scale and massing 
similar to that of existing residential properties located within the vicinity of the site. The subdivision of the existing curtilage would not materially affect overall residential density Mrs. Barber, in the area. Sorry to rush you, but you're way past your three minutes, so if you could just quickly sum up for me, thank you. Can I just go to the end of the sentence? Thank you. Um, uh, to the other properties within the vicinity of the site. Can I just say, up above the three, yeah, I did ask on the phone four times for, for members of the committee to come and have a look in from my garden, which is next door, and it would have saved all this because you could see that it isn't, land isn't flat, it's a great big slope, and it's, 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 it's very invasive. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Barber. We did at a site meeting this morning. We went right to the back of the subject site. Yes. Oh, good. Yes, we saw the apple trees and everything else. And there. so you could so. see that it looks different, doesn't it? Absolutely, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, the applicant, um, or the agent on behalf of the applicant, Stephen Boddy. And I can give you six minutes this time, Mr. Boddy. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I've already discussed what I believe to be the merits of the, uh, the proposed access alterations. Uh, so, turning to the architectural aspects of the scheme, you note uh, the report identifies the site is within the development limits of the town, where there is a presumption in favour of sustainable development. The report confirms the site is not in the cons conservation area and indeed is wholly surrounded by modern suburban development of post-war housing. Your own conservation area officer uh, confirms the scheme will have little impact on the character and appearance of the local area and we wholly agree with this statement. Backland development like this is well established in your planning policies and indeed nearly all surrounding developments have similar examples and many objectors live in houses towards the back of the applicant's garden. The site cannot be constructed, sorry, construed as small nor cramped nor out of keeping because as you will note the new house has four times the garden area required. The house meets your parking standards and accordingly this proposal is a sensible use of underused garden in this central position in town. Mr Chairman, the, the access is safe as proven and given all foregoing, we respectfully urge you to follow your re officer's recommendations and approve the scheme. Thank you, Mr Boddy. Okay, members, it's over to you. We must kick off Councillor Freeman. Yeah, there's a point of information, really, before we can discuss this. The plan as before us assumes... Richard... Put your microphone back on. Sorry. sorry, sorry, excuse me. The plan on the screen assumes that consent has been given for the extra exit, the extra entrance, which we've just discussed. Now, if we consent this extra building, additional house, um, we need to actually make it very clear that it does not come with an additional exit onto the Ashton Road. How do we deal with that? <coughs> Mr. Brown, please. I've been, I've been thinking about that one <laughs> since the last refusal. Since I prompted him earlier. Obviously, <laughs> we, obviously, I think you need to, in a minute, excuse the pun, park that bit of issue for a second, because obviously if that becomes the only issue, if members discuss this and get to the point where they want to recommend approval for it, access aside, 
then we're then in a, we're then in a pickle because we, you're actually approving something which you've just refused, unless you think all of a sudden there is a need, set a need for a second access. Uh, and if you're in that position, that you've rejected it because it's not necessary, and you think if you approve a house in this particular a, a property in this particular location, and access is appropriate, then um, then in technically you should be refusing it because it creates a second access onto, onto Ashton Road because that's what it's basically doing. But you haven't got to that stage yet because you haven't considered the dwelling yet. So I think what I suggest you do is carry on discussing it, just park the access issue, consider the residential development, see where you get to. But I do think in terms of, unless you think that because you now are in a position to approve a second dwelling, that now all of a sudden justifies a second access, which may change your view from previously. But I know it's a bit messy, but it's very messy in terms of how you go. Chairman, I don't think we can do that, I'm sorry, but you can't decide one thing and then five minutes later negate it. No, you're not deciding it. You can't do that. No, you're not deciding it. What you're doing is discussing it, because you could be in a position where I'm not preempting what you're going to do here. If you were in a position where you want to, that apart from the access, everything's acceptable, then you should be refusing it in terms of access. If you get to the, you know, and if you get to the position where everything is, you know, you may get to a position where you're recommending refusal for it because you don't think the residential is acceptable, then I would be butting in and said, actually, you need to be putting the access in as well because you may, you know. So uh, that's, I'm not saying you make a decision yet. I'm just saying you need to, to have the discussion and, and then we'll pick up the access afterwards. Or, you know, at the latter part of the visit. Uh, Chairman, I, I have no problems with the additional property in the back garden. It's good use of land. Uh, it's not a problem for me. Um, and it's obviously underutilised at the moment. But I do think it has to be done with the um, single ac ac access and a turning circle made in the garden, as we discussed in the previous case. Okay. Yeah. Thank what you. we cannot do is recommend, we cannot approve this development if members are mindful to approve it and then condition it to omit part of it because you are you're actually recommending you will be approving all of that which includes the creation of a new access and you can't give with one hand and take away with the other hand. I know historically in this council we may have done that but you cannot do that. You know, in that case chairman um, I would be opposed to this application in its current form. Okay, thank you. I won't take that as a proposal at the moment. Uh, Councillor Davey. Uh, yes, Mr Chairman, I would like to suggest that here is a prime opportunity to use a turntable. And uh, I'll just leave that with you before we go through the rest of the discussion. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, Councillor Lodge. <laughs> I'm actually confused as whether he's talking about the physical turntable or the committee turning, turning its tables on the decision. Um, actually, could, could I ask for clarification of that before I say Yes, what? a physical turntable. He's got one in his back. They are quite common. These, these are quite common in London where there are difficulties with access and you drive the car in and turn the car around on it. Thank you. So it, well, it was a physical one, which, uh, which uh, for the moment I won't, <laughs> I won't dismiss. Um, I, was, I, uh, I think I endorse a lot of what Councillor Freeman said, which was that I don't, I don't have difficulty 
with placing a house there. We did visit the site, we walked all around it, we took great care to look at uh, the nature of the site and its effect on neighbouring sites and so with the house per se I have no problems uh, but we seem to be in a silly, silly, silly situation that um, if, if, I, if I could do what seems right and what a planning committee maybe ought to do I would say approve it with, the sub, with um, a single a single existing uh, exit and entrance and with possibly that area of land in front of the house which would accommodate uh, a facility for cars to turn. It sounds as though we can't do it so I'm going to be thrown upon the sympathy of the uh, planning process in some way but, but that's what I would like to do fundamentally. Thank you. Sorry, another option for members. If members are in the position where they, they feel that the site is appropriate for residential development then you can then potentially defer it so issues over the access could be sorted out. Uh, and, that the access, and there is a solution, isn't there? I mean, just not creating... You have, they've created a problem by trying to put two applications at the same time. And I would hazard to say trying to be a bit clever in terms of what they put in. Um, we put the applications in, in the way order they've put in. It doesn't matter which order we put them in. And so if members are mindful to feel that the site is acceptable for residential development, obviously we should need to be mind, mindful of the fact that um, was it three members of the planning committee aren't here so there's no guarantee that a deferral for that reason would result in approval uh, later on if they sort the access out but that, there's an option to them but obviously need to discuss the, the principles first of all and, then, and, and take it from there if the access is the only issue my, my feelings on this are I've got a great deal of sympathy for the um, speakers who mentioned about the disturbance for the cars turning here um, in, 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 in the middle of the adjacent area to their back garden. Looking on the site this morning as we did and we went up to the rear garden part, uh, I, I, the engineering um, problems associated with getting a dwelling in there lead me to suspect that we would lose more than one tree that's indicated as being removed on the plan, although this is only indicative. But I'm also conscious of the fact that Mrs. Barber mentioned uh, her garden and I, I would imagine that there will be severe interference with roots of any trees that she's got in close proximity to the boundary. And I think I'm very uneasy about, because of the change in levels, if this were a flat site then uh, I wouldn't uh, be too con much concerned on that. But to what we normally do is a no-dig zone in cases like this and, and with the amount of engineering that's got to go on here with retaining walls etc a no-dig zone is, is not applicable so um, although we might be able to get another house in the garden I don't think it works in this case so I'm not going to be voting for it um, anybody else wish to speak? Councillor Chambers Surprise, surprise Mr Chairman I'm going to go, uh, uh, be completely opposite to what I said on the last one uh, I'm going to propose refusal on this because I think, uh, yes, it is. I, I can't go into the detail, Mr. Brown, because you know the detail of it. But if you, act, I, I know the site well. If you actually look at the levels of it, uh, I do agree entirely with the chairman. If it was completely level, it would be different, but it's not. Uh, and I think it would just. I, I really think it, it's not fair on the neighbours. It, it, it isn't. How can I put it? Um, 
I'm trying to find reasons to, uh, within our policy, Mr Brown, to, to there, say that it, <coughs> it is not suitable. Um, I need to get a proposal, first of all, and then I can... I am proposing You're proposing. Refusal. Right. There is... Backland development is unique in that it has its own policy, policy right. H4, which in it's all down to judgment. It doesn't reject backland development per se. It has, it's all based upon what members saw today. And that considers there is no, it's all about underuse of land, which is not the situation here. Um, there are no material overlooking over shadowing nearby properties. Development would not have an overbearing effect on neighbouring properties, and access would not cause disturbance to, it, to nearby properties. So there is a presumption in favour of backland development if those four criteria. So if members are concerned, well, at the moment I'm only talking to a proposer, then there is a policy H4 covers that, to be honest. So, so I was so going to ask you about that, uh, about because I've, I've always understood where you have backland development, which it is, it is backland development, where if it's appropriate or not, and, and I do not think that it is appropriate in this case. So I would therefore propose refusal. Does that find a seconder? I shall second that then. In that. Along on H4, not complying with H4. So, um, in the sorry, can I also suggest you add the previous refusal for? Oh yes, day. about the access. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, thank you. Um, so, on that basis, um, we have a second proposal and a seconded motion. All those in favour, please show for refusal. One, two, three. And those against. Abstentions? Two. So the application is refused. All clear? <laughs> Thank you. The next item on the agenda was dealt with earlier. The next item following for business is item 4.7, which is application UTT 16. Someone wait, Lindsay, up. 1388 is a householder application in the first instance at High Easter and Mr Trevelyan will make the presentation. Thank you. We haven't started, so two minutes and the time starts now.
Right, we are recommencing with the recording on application 161388 uh, and Mr Trevelyan is ready to make the presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The next item on today's agenda is the site known as Hilly Lay, which is a Grade 2 listed building on the edge of the village of Felston. Planning permission is sought for the installation of 16 solar panels on the outbuilding that is adjacent to the listed building itself. The outbuilding is currently listed and thereby is a listed building. This application was considered by the planning committee uh, at last month's committee, however it was deferred to allow our members to conduct a site inspection or site visit which was held uh, this morning. Officers consider that the proposal would not protect or enhance the historical environment and therefore it fails to fulfil the historical uh, environment strand of what constitutes a sustainable development. In addition, the proposal would result in harm to the setting and the historical significance of the adjacent listed building and the conservation area. The proposal is contrary to local policies ENV 1 and 2 and the framework. Therefore, it is recommended that the application be refused subject to the suggested reasons for refusal. That's just the type of uh, panel that's uh, proposed. And obviously there's the outbuilding that members saw this morning with the listed building to the right. Sorry, there. And that's all. Thank you, Chairman. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Pregnant pause there. Thank you, pardon. Sorry for something else to come up. Fine, we have um, the applicant who wishes to speak, and that's Mr. Neil Reeve. Thank you for your patience during today's proceedings, Mr. Reeve. You have three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, we wish to install solar panels on the roof of the Kirtledge Cart Lodge at Hilly Lane, High Easter. Our values include both heritage and sustainability. The Conservation Officer has recommended refusal and we disagree. There is a planning balance between maintaining the heritage of the buildings versus using sustainable energy. The heritage side of the argument is well defended by the Conservation Officer. However, Uttlesford does not have an Environmental Officer advocating sustainable energy, hence we feel that the balance is not fairly debated. Our District Councillor this is now regarding sustainability, Susan Barker supports, stating, we have permitted solar panels in the vicinity of and attached to listed buildings to increase sustainable energy. She herself has permission. Other examples have been sent to you. There is no objection from our neighbours nor the parish council. The concept is that panels covering one-third of the south roof area will provide over 80% of our annual electricity usage of approximately 4,500 kilowatts per year. The panels are the most modern, plain black, and are not reflective. At such time, energy technology advances, the panels can be removed. The proposal will save over 35 tonnes of CO2 over 20 years. Regarding heritage... 
Hillelay needed much restoration when we purchased it. Examples of our expensive uh, respect for the heritage are we saved as much as possible of the original plaster wattle and daub. We protected witches' marks from the early 1600s. We re-erected the eastern peg-tiled implement sheds, which had collapsed, using as much as possible of the original timber, and we re-panelled the cart lodge. The orchard contains the only complete collection of Essex heritage top fruit trees in Essex. We have deliberately tried to maintain the farmyard look. We challenge three points presented to you at last month's meeting. One, the panels will not be highly visible from outside our own property. Two, the cart lodge is not referenced in the list description of Hilly Lay. Our commissioned heritage statement notes that the cart lodge is an unremarkable building that is now largely 21st century, and it will not affect the setting of the listed building. Three, there was no reference to those policies of the NPPF relevant to energy efficiency and climate change. We have looked at alternative, less visible ground-based systems. None of these would give more than 50% efficiency. In conclusion, I respectfully request that you do support this proposal and effectively subtract one house from the national grid and contribute to greenhouse gas reduction. Heritage and sustainability can coexist. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Reeve. Um, I'm going to kick this off. We're in the 21st century. At Cart Lodge, was, as a store, worked for the farmstead as a whole. Um, but that's not now the case. So with PV panels on the roof, it's now going to be working again for the current setup, as well as providing storage. Um, I, I know it's a listed area, the, the existing listed building, um, but the setting of that, um, I think any harm that was done to that was probably occasioned when the garages were erected with the white appendage on the top, because I found that rather incongruous, uh, shall I say. Okay, so um, I'm going to propose from the Chair that this is approved. Does I find a seconder? Councillor Hicks, do you wish to speak? Uh, thank you, Chairman. Yes, I, I'd like to say, uh, first of all, I agree with you. Um, secondly, I think this is uh, recommending against this is by the Conservation Officer is really carrying conservation uh, requirements far beyond the normal pale. <coughs> it seems to me that when what I was conscious of during the site visit that, that the only way you could um, see the panels was if you were Look looking away the from the building towards the cart lodge um, and this is a problem if it's a problem at all is for the persons living in the farmhouse and if they it's their wish to look at some solar panels opposite them, and I think they're perfectly entitled to do so. Yeah. Um, and I, as far as I could tell, they were not visible, those solar panels, or would not be visible in the future to, to other um, citizens of High Easter, and I, I see no reason why we should pose in, impose any problems on it. Um, so I'm very happy to second your proposal. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Councillor Valls, you wish to speak. I'm sorry, could you? <clears throat> Not a problem. Um, I live barely two miles just outside High Easter and I didn't even know Hilly Lay existed. A lovely building you've got, a lovely spot. Um, and I reiterate the comments that um, Councillor Hicks is saying. Um, it's hidden from the road. 
Um, it doesn't damage physically the uh, listed building or the, the listed cart shed, and it can easily be removed at any other time. Um, and, and effectively, the only people who are going to have to look at it are Mr and Mrs Reeve. So I support it as well. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, I have no problems with supporting this, and I was going to speak in favour of it. I do have a problem with the report because there are three issues, three areas of it, which seem to me to be wrong and uh, misleading. Um, well, first point <coughs> is that the parish council have no objections. That's, that's a matter of fact, so that's good. But then if we go down to section 8.1, about two-thirds way down the page, it says the panels would also be visible from the surrounding conservation area. I think you'd have to work very hard to make them visible. I didn't even know that place existed until I was taken there by a bus. Uh, and then on item 11.1, page 117, uh, the proposal would result in significant harm to the setting and historical significance of the adjoining listed building. That is simply not true, Chairman. I mean, solar panels last for about 20 years. They sit there under gravity, more or less. When you get fed up with them, you take them away. The building is still there. It has no material impact. And in 20 years' time, they'll probably be replaced with something which is much more um, efficient. So I think the presumption of the officer's recommendations is actually wrong. Uh, and as the speaker, the um, proposer for this piece of work, uh, accurately pointed out is an example where one side of the argument is clearly put, that's the conservation officers, but there's nobody to make the argument in favour of the environmental case. And I'm very pleased that we seem to be making that ourselves. But the report, in my view, should be much more even-handed. At the moment, it presents just one side of the argument. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. I'm conscious of the fact that we are strayed into listed building uh, considerations when we haven't looked at that application yet however I think the one and the two are intertwined and I think that's unavoidable so uh, Mr Brown you're going to talk to me about conditions I'm this is going to sound silly but I do need to intervene about conditions because when members are proving things against officer recommendation you need to consider conditions having said that there aren't any apart from the time limit conditions because this is an extremely detailed application you've got we've got all the details of the panels we've got all the necessary requirements there is no additional conditions to be put on other than time limit conditions but I just I just needed to intervene to make sure you know, legally, that we had to consider the necessary any conditions. And, Unless and members got anything else that they want to add. And those panels, the description of those panels, is a document that we have considered. So they are the panels that should be attached. Yes. Fine. Okay. Anybody else wish to speak? Nope. Okay. We've got a proposal for approval, and that's been seconded. So all those in favour, please show. That matter is approved. We now move on to the associated listed building application for the same site and the same proposal. That's UTT 16-1305. And again, Mr. Trevelyan, we just quickly highlight the matter for us. Thank you. Yeah, this is obviously the, the listed building consent application um, that we've just discussed regarding the householder. Um, given the circumstances of the discussions we've just had, um, I think Mr Brown's acknowledged that we will be recommending approval now, is that correct? I think now you've the approved building? the planning permission, I would seriously suggest you approve the list of building consent as well. I'd <laughs> say don't refuse that because you've recommended it for approval for the planning application. You do. There are separate considerations on it, but 
in this particular situation, the householder application and the listed building application, the considerations are very much the same. The only difference being in this one, you're considering just the impact on the listed building, not on anything else. So I think you've already considered that. So I think the recommendation would be just to make life easier for you to, to recommend approvals subject just to the time limit condition. The Chair, I'll recommend approval under listed building consent, seconded by Councillor Chambers. Um, do we need further discussion? All those in favour? Sorry, Councillor Lodge, did you? Yes, just a, almost a philosophical point which actually came up earlier, uh, which uh, guidance from Mr Brown here. Uh, first of all, to say that I, I, I totally agree with pretty well everything that's been said by all the, all the members. I'm very, very happy to go ahead with, uh, with both of them. But the question I have is, is um, whilst the current owner might be happy with this, um, with this proposal, it is possible to take a view of the building itself and maybe future generations. And so is, is the um, view of the, does the view of the is the view of the current applicant and owner subservient to the needs of the building itself effectively for the next few centuries? We're not jeopardising the life of the building, are we? I mean, that's got to be maintained because it's within the listed curtilage. So um, that isn't at risk so much as might be supposed. Um, Sorry, I, I was thinking broad, broad, broader than that in, 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 uh, in the instance of a, of a listed building. And I, sort of, I think I fra with, with some difficulty I phrased my question, so I wonder if Mr Brown could answer it. I think the, the aim, when we consider an application, is on the basis of the, the current, and I think you were talking about the role of the current applicant in terms of the lifetime of the permission, yeah. and they are currently the custodian of a, of a historic, of a heritage asset. And, and I think in terms of the, the, the decision you've just made regarding the planning application um, is that it, first of all, wouldn't necessarily cause any harm, and secondly, even if it did cause some harm, there's some benefit from doing that. So I think the view of the current applicant dealing with it, as an, but that it's not necessary, that's not the view you've just taken. The applicant has put forward an application to, you know, to do these works. And we, as the local planning authority, have made a decision on that basis. So I don't think if, if the owner changes, the situation wouldn't be, wouldn't be any different. I'm sorry, that's very difficult because it was a very, as you started off, it was a philosophical question in the first place. But I don't think the owner makes any difference, to be honest. Okay. So let's go to the vote. Then we have a, sec a proposal and a seconder for approval. All those in favour, please show. Thank you, and that is also approved. Right, item 4.9 on the agenda is UTT 161519. It's a non-material amendment to a consent. It's at Newport, and Mrs Shoesmith will take us through the presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The application site is Reynolds Court in Gaysacre in Newport. Some of you may remember the site from a previous site uh, visit. Uh, planning permission was granted back in March 2015 for the redevelopment of the site uh, for council sheltered housing scheme, which would, have create, which would create 41 residential flats in total. This application is for a non-material amendment. Um, 
there are a number of changes that are proposed, um, all of which are set out in section 3.1 of the uh, report on page 122. Um, rather than me listing out the um, amendments, if um, I'll go through the plans, unfortunately, they're not that clear. Um, okay. In terms of the north elevation, which is located here, this serves an access road and uh, for parking of the site itself um, and the backs of gardens on properties which front um, the other side of Gaysaker. As part of the um, amendments, it's proposed to provide an access gate um, that should have originally been shown on the application um, as access would be required to maintain the gardens to the rear of the site. There is a public footpath along here and views over the recreation ground. There are houses on Gacy's Acre um, fronting the site itself and another cul-de-sac here with further um, bungalows located to the south of the site. Also, as part of the scheme, to the north of the um, site, it's proposed to provide electricity and gas meters. Um, again, those probably should have been included on the site, but um, with most things, it's not until you get to a certain stage within the development of the scheme that you uh, realise that um, the size and scale of the actual meters that you may actually need for the site. Also, as part of the scheme, that's um, with regards to the north elevation fronting the access road. To the east um, elevation, nothing is proposed. Um, with regards to the west elevation, um, the balconies that have originally been proposed on, um, on the original application are proposed to be reduced. Also, um, there will be um, freestanding um, balconies as well. Um, there's an element here which is proposed to be slightly built out which is linked up to the um, stairwell so it provides an enclosed sheltered screen. I will show you on the elevations in a moment. Together with that a patio has also been created for um, one of the units along here. Um, again that would just be sectioned on sectioned off for, for that particular flat itself. There's been um, alterations in terms of um, a number of Juliet balconies which I'll show you on this um, kind of corner elevation. These um, amendments had been proposed, they are now reverted back to what was originally approved on the application. So that won't change. Uh, this is the first floor. Um, additional windows are proposed um, in this section here, which again forms part of the stairwell. A number of additional windows have been proposed, which I'll show you on other floors, uh, which are required in order to meet building regulations. Um, an additional balcony has been proposed for the first floor. Um, however, just um, like um, the ground floor um, and the adjacent flats here, um, no additional overlooking will be um, created um, as a result because it backs onto the uh, recreation field located to the west. 
In terms of the second floor, um, additional windows are proposed, again, for building regulation purposes. Going back to the ground floor, uh, with regards to the southern elevation, um, this is the bin store which was originally approved as part of the um, application. Doors were originally located here. It's proposed as part of this application that these are blocked off, relocated here with a new um, ramp and a dwarf wall to serve uh, and access the bin store. Um, those are the changes which um, have been outlined. There's a couple of windows on the elevations. Um, oops other way that have been swapped around as well um, in terms of their configuration however again no overlooking is proposed um, because um, window openings have already been accepted on those elevations um, this element here shows where the original bin store doors were going to be um, um, created uh, which have been omitted and again on the first second floor these are the additional windows proposed for building regulation purposes that elevation uh, you probably don't see it from this um, section but it's actually set back so um, no one at street level would necessarily uh, completely see those windows because they're quite far set back um, this is the access to the north where the um, gas and electricity meters are proposed um, and to the um, to the um, other elevation um, fronting onto the recreation grounds, as I say, um, there's no Juliet balconies. Um, sorry, there's no balconies proposed. Those have been omitted as per the original scheme. Um, this is the um, additional balcony which is proposed um, to the far corner of that elevation. And this is the built-out element within the stairwell. Um, as a result, the proposed amendments are considered minor enough to be non-material amendments and would not adversely affect uh, the visual or residential amenity of neighbouring occupiers uh, and do not deviate from the original application, which would have required reconsultation. As a result, uh, the amendments are recommended for approval. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Shoesmith. Members, any comments? Uh, John Davy. Sorry, Councillor Davy. I would propose that we accept the uh, officer's recommendation. Thank you. Does that find a second? Councillor Chambers seconded that. Um, uh, Mrs. Shoesmith, I have one, two, two observations to make, and I'm, I'm not sure whether we just make them as advisories if we do uh, approve this. The balconies which were cantilevered are now freestanding. Um, I'd like to see anti-climb paint um, specified for the posts that will support those. Um, so that no one can scale up onto the first floor. And where the bin stores are relocated on the front elevation, could you show that plan again, please? Sorry, the bin store. Yeah. Um, show the plan. Yeah. On the layout. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. That's it. Now, where the new doors are proposed to be positioned, I'm okay with that. But I think that where you get come along there and you get to that first door that opens onto there. I think the ramp should then turn and come to the front there because otherwise it's leading right down to the front entrance and you've got the bins coming trolling along there. One gets out of control it's going to whack into that uh, projecting thing. So then because the van, the, the, the lorry that's picking them up is going to be where those part 
car park spaces are. So I, I would suggest we ask them to look at the length of that ramp and, and how far it needs to stretch across the front of the building because that is quite a focal point of the new entrance. And if you turn the ramp, it can then be screened away from the front entrance as well. Apart from that, I'm happy. Anybody else got any comments? Okay, we have a seconder, a proposal and a seconder for approval. All those in favour, please show. Fine, and that is approved. Thank you. <coughs> the next item on the agenda is item five. It's a development management local validation checklists. And Mr Brown, who's caused us a lot of reading to do by putting this on the agenda, uh, <laughs> I, I thought I was done with late nights when the Olympics finished, but it took me a while to read through them all. Um, uh, Mr. Brown, thank you. It wasn't me, honestly. It was uh, obviously I'm not Anne House, sport and business manager, but um, uh, the development management local validation checklist is it's it's quite operationally very very operational in terms of the requirements, in terms of what's required to submit an application to make it valid. Um, what Anne has done within this proposal is actually gone through each, every single type of application in terms of the combinations of applications and put in a validation checklist. Um, there's been a major consultation regarding with the local agents and general applicants and developers and secondly with the statutory consultees. With respect to you guys, I think they're the most important people in terms to make sure that the developers is not wholly constrained. I should also add that there is a, there is a national validation list and the local validation list just adds a little bit extra to it in terms of what what, what has. Um, there is quite a big link, and hopefully that link has not resulted in a lot of questions, because I don't know if I will be able to answer them. Uh, but there is quite a lot of stuff behind it. But it is very, very much a, uh, an operational thing that needs to go to the planning committee to ensure that it's, it's ratified. Because now the situation is, if we get to a position where an application is submitted and it's not considered valid, in the olden days you used to just send it back and say, not good enough, not valid. Quite rightly now, the, appellant ha the applicant has the right to appeal. So if we consider it not valid, it needs to be considered against our validation checklist, both the national and the legal. That's why it's absolutely important that it's ratified by members. But to be frank, you do not need to know the nitty-gritty details of, of what it is unless you've gone to the link and you've got a list of questions. We trust you, Mr Brown, and your team until it comes against us. <laughs> Any questions, members? No? Okay, um, do we need a vote on this? You that do, they are fine? Um, okay. I, think you do need to I have read through via the link that was sent out to us. Um, so I am happy to propose that we can accept the amended local validation checklists. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Riles, thank you very much. <laughs> All those in favour, please show. Fine, thank you. That is approved. There being no other urgent business that I can think of, thank you for your attendance, members, on this hot and sticky day. Meeting closed at 4.43.